You are listening to Thursday Nights Season 4, Episode 67. Tristan Green, wandering the makeshift temporary streets and alleyways of the Trade Festival, which is mostly outside of Silvery Moon, outside the north, uh, the north gates of Silvery Moon, all the way up to the tree line and past is just filled with this like whole town made, built up just for this. Uh, cultures from all over the area and some even further than that as a built up their own little areas. It's easy enough to find the Dwarven area where a large contingent uh, of those from Mithril Hall are there uh, selling and trading uh, uh, Dwarven goods as well as other Dwarves that sort of set up near that area. It ends up sort of like creating these like sort of thematic uh, these thematic areas in the whole trade festival here and Drishtin has been uh, wandering the area here seeing what there is to see hearing what there is to hear and as Drishtin is wandering what is going through Drishtin's head as he reflects upon the last few days uh, you would you would met this Balanos character who's, who's got promises of, of some sort of air transportation this sprite this, this powerful being that you would have destroyed and or, or weakened and captured and, and all the and, and the bandit ambushes and Gary being put at risk because of your actions uh, all of these things you know in his head how does uh, to give us give us a little peek inside that uh, that Drustin <laughs> vault red headed noggin of his. actually what, what's the opposite of a vault because Drustin does not keep anything no. in no that uh, library breezeway yeah it's just a library just uh, like a basketball Sand? court <laughs> just very visible that from all directions public from twitter feed <laughs> um so Drewson is walking around and he's looking specifically <laughs> for things that uh look like uh ancient relics runes and such like that because this has been his habit in the past for 15 years after his banishment uh, he just sought out the things that he knew best, which were ancient temples and tombs and ruins, and he would go to trade markets and someone would be selling, you know, a little uh, bit of stonework that he would recognize as something ancient. He'd ask where it came from and he'd go explore it and learn about it and such. That was kind of his therapy at the time. So he's doing this uh, and he's reflecting back on his romance with Gary and he's thinking about how comfortable Silvery Moon is, and now it's surrounded by all these amazing adventurous places and things where, like, a simple stormy lake can hide an elder elemental and a, uh, it, an ancient family of uh, elemental gatekeepers. And uh, and he's thinking, like, you know, he could live a life here. Just kind of thinking about uh, this could be this could be where he wants to be, but there is a shadow on his mind. That is the shadow of Adric Amberhelm, because as he walks, he knows every moment 
They stay here. Every moment he chooses to look at some fiddle-faddle in a temp- in a, a market booth or, or look at a map and compare notes is another moment that Adric continues to give his dark influence upon the Amberhelm clan. Uh, and knowing that knowledge <laughs> cannot be allowed to be kept hidden away. That there is something there in Deep Amaskar that deserves to be brought to light. And he is starting to feel kind of guilty over his own contentment here in his foppish clothing, city clothing. Uh, Loppish clothing. Uh-huh. Uh, no, he's not wearing the, the, no, the one winter coat. Uh, the tailor made for him. Yeah, yeah, he's oh, wearing his, yes, yes. his very foppish city, colorful right. city clothing. Um, the urns, like, nods from people who know a good cut of cloth. Mm. We spent. Uh-huh. Spent. Um, and, like, the soaps they have in that, like, uh, the, the, the place where they're staying. It's like, that's pretty, pretty nice. Gary didn't stand that. a chance. So he's kind of torn right now where, like, Dazzling. there's part of him that just wants to stay here, but he knows he would never be content. And he knows that he could never let the group seek out Adric's secret without him. So he knows the time here is temporary. And Carpe Diem. Carpe Diem. Carpe Baron. In the library. No, in the Hall of Sages. A little bit of both, right? There's some, yeah. of the, some in the map house, some in the uh, the Hall of Sages. It's the Hall of Sages. The Vault of Sages? Okay, what we said. The Vault of Sages, where Baron finds himself with a tome. A relatively new tome when it comes to the ages of tomes. Uh, pretty broad category. Pretty broad category, but you know, <laughs> only only maybe it looks in good repair. Maybe only like ten years old. Fresh leather. Yeah, right. <clears throat> to a dwarf, that's very. I mean, um, Baron lives in a dwarven hold, and he's you know books get exchanged. He sees some old books. Yeah. So <laughs> he's not. Baron has been. <laughs> Baron has been looking at this book, trying to learn more about Snowbane, trying to find more records of it. Uh, Drewston had sort of disappeared into his own thing, and Baron took up a bit of the research task. I imagine it's something that Baron's actually pretty decent at. Uh, having okay. spent a lot of time in temples, or at least he's classically trained, you could say. Yeah. If, if not having a particular interest in it. Yeah. Um, Proficient. What's a, a mechanical I, What is the mechanical, like, if you were going to try and do research, what would that skill be? or what? It would depend on what you're researching. I guess so, okay. Um, so he's much more in tune with religion than history or arcane yeah. or anything like that. That being said, Baron has, Baron has come across this particular tome of a scholar that has focused his life's research on the, uh, the power of the... Uh, it's a phrase. Uh, oral tradition. Okay. And this is what uh, that caused Baron to land on this in, in the search for more stories from the Goliaths and, mm-hmm. from, and, and anything about Snowbane, is that the Goliaths are an entirely oral tradition culture. They, all of their stories, everything Snowbane and all of their other stories about their gods and and, uh, and, and great deeds and the tribal history, it's all, no, they don't write down anything. Most Goliaths don't learn to read and write. You learn that there is this sky 
All or Sky? Yeah. Sky Callers, Sky, sky Watchers, the Sky, the Sky Watchers, which uh, which do a bit formalize more of the the tribal records, unbeknownst to most Goliaths. We met the one, the uh, Scrimcorn Bane. Not not unbeknownst because it's a secret, just unbknownst because it's uh, unimportant, uh, unimportant hard to eye. the rest of the Goliaths. That's right. So it was Hard Eye, yes. Um, but what what Baron has found? So this is a book. Uh, he's he's gone through a couple of these and. Uh, it's got a bunch of oral traditions of a bunch of different cultures throughout Faerun, you know, writing and flipping through. Until finally you get to a section uh, that this particular author has about the deep Amaskari people. This is where he's learned about Snowbane. I'm, I'm giving a little retroactive context. How, how this all came about. Yeah, and what Baron learns... What Baron learns is what this scholar learned, is uh, what he claims is uh, a very little-known uh, uh, aspect of the Deep Mascari people, for it rarely leaves their walls, which is their uh, record-keeping of stories and the history of their people is told and recorded in a way that is unlike any other culture that this scholar has come across in all of favor. And that is... The stories are recorded uh, via magical means, are, are, are documented, and he describes it as much like most cultures would write down in a book, except this is spoken by a storyteller uh, uh, and captured by the magic of the incredibly magically adept uh, Deep Mascari people into these unique, um, into these unique uh, uh, tapestries and all sorts of they they, they weave it into like to anything piece of art. It's like a living piece of art, and he goes on to describe the sensation and the experience of listening to one of these stories, and that it, he describes it as as a whole body experience, as an as an all encompassing. Um, as an all-encompassing experience that, that comes over one person when listening to these stories. And he says that it varies with the skill of the storyteller and the, and the, uh, the skill of the wizard, you could call it. Hmm. Well, more generic the the wizard. Of the, uh, 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 of the arcane. Facilitator. The facilitator that captured it. They have varying different qualities, but that by, by given by an excellent storyteller, uh, captured by an excellent uh, uh, master of the arcane, and it becomes this as you as you listen to the story, you experience the story that they are telling, and that you come out of it the other end, not just having learned what it is that the storyteller wanted you to know, but having experienced it yourself. And he says that it is a it is it is something that changes a person when when listening to these and and. This chapter, as Baron's reading through this, and, and perhaps reading this in detail because it's about Deep and Mascari, so maybe... Thoughts in his head immediately either jump between the shared vision with uh, Bearjaw and also Drustin's, I'm Doom of the Donkey, of like, wondering what this is actually like. Is this just somehow a magical recording of someone's voice and they're getting waxing eloquent about how great the storytelling is? Or maybe there's some sort of like a magical vision thing going on. He's, he's curious. Yeah, and uh, the the you you get that feeling. This is a scholar that throughout the book uses very very uh, uh, flowery language to describe all of these things. This is someone that very much likes to wax poetical about uh, uh, about these old traditions. This is someone that they've dedicated their life's work 
mm-hmm. to studying the oral tradition. It is a very deep fondness of it. There's a whole mm-hmm. section on the Goliaths earlier in the book. Mm-hmm. There's a whole culture that's that's around that, but it's also about all other things. And uh, this is not his only tome either. He's got a whole bunch of them. <laughs> um, it says it in the front of the book. Here are my other books. <laughs> but uh, but yes, this unique storytelling of the Deep Mascari people. He goes on and on about, and then and then he goes on to explain the very few stories that he's managed to get to experience this from the Deep Mascari people. And, and one's about the history of a particular family and the child that was born, blah, blah, blah. It's not terribly interesting. It's, you know, it's a, it's a story of a family and their their children and what they did. Like, it was, he, right. he explains it as a inconsequential story, not even that interesting of a thing, but experience illustration changed him. He, he, he felt that he had lived there their 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 family's life and that he understood hmm. their trials and their and everything and he just talks about this completely inconsequential story uh, that that he had ex- got to experience and he and he goes on and on about the deep mascara and that there's no one else that does this anyway and then Baron comes to the the and so he's giving a he's giving a you know a written description of what these stories are and then one comes to the story of uh, Snowbane hmm. this this Goliath this this towering Goliath, you know, pseudo god that came and and saved uh, the Deepa Mascari people uh, uh, in a period of great conflict, uh, led, uh, uh, fought alongside them against uh, uh, against an incursion of um, of denizens from the Underdark, and uh, you know, it's just this Goliath of all people from the snowy mountains. Hmm. Shows up at the front door of Deepa Mascar. Says, I'm here to help you. Snowman's like a and, pretty uh, badass god. It's kind of like your divine tax dollars at work. <laughs> yeah. kind of god, right? Yeah. There you go. Like, not sitting there on Olympus just being you like, got sucks receipts. to be you. You got receipts. She's like, there they are. shit. And as far as <laughs> like Snowbane stories go, it's relatively... It's relatively mild story. You've heard it sure. several times before from the sky. Uh, from, she from banged the sky an ancient Washington. dragon god and yeah, birthed this, thousands this, of children. Yeah, this one is in no way as flowery as any of those. What what gets him is the date. And the is, date. The, is is when this story was. This this scholar had learned the story only about twenty years ago from today's date, and he was telling it about something that happened uh, somewhere around the thirty. 30-ish years ago, 30 or 35 years ago. And that was more recent than the numbers we had heard from yes. Skywatcher. Mm-hmm. And that is what that is what catches Baron's attention, because nothing gets by Baron, because nothing gets by Sam. And uh, <laughs> so it's more recent more recent than any of the stories. This is not a story that the Skywatcher told. And the Skywatcher did not hold back. He let you know all the stories that they yeah. had. It was a long evening of, of stories of snow being happy to tell these things, yeah. right? And and, and as a reminder, asked you if you learn anything, tell us, you know, yeah. help us build our thing. Yeah. So, um, yeah, he reads the story as far as, uh, you know, as far as the glory of Snowbane goes, it's a, uh, you know, it's kind of a bottom tier of stories to sure. help save the Deep Mascara But it's people. recent. Uh, but it's, and it might be worth chasing down to get more information. And we're going there anyway, so fantastic. Yeah, so a wonderful coincidence. And um, that's it. Awesome. So Baron is... Heartened by this news, and uh, more committed now than ever to go to Deep Mascar and find out what's going on there. I guess actually to actually go in the city, because before we were looking for a place 
No, in Deep Mascar, because we're looking for Taita in Deep Mascar. Well, personal. Oh, Taita Kasiqua. Taita Kasiqua, the director Taita of Kis- Thor Ragnarok. Right. Such a good name. In addition to whatever the sucked away version of Oil Veins thing, which is also in Deep Mascar, there's a lot of things pointing in Deep Mascar right now. All roads. Yeah, all roads lead to Deep Mascar. Um, Baron takes notes and he writes in everything he knows. He writes down the name of the scholar, writes down the name of any any people involved in the story or where the library was or anything like that that he can get from the from the tome itself, like where he found this in case data. he'd like to try. He wants and, data. Yeah, basically where he could go to maybe find this story in Deep Mascar if he was if he's going there. All right. So Baron, yeah, Baron gathers all of this. Where's Bearjaw? Did Bearjaw ever return? Where were we in the middle of the story? Bearjaw came back home in the morning. Oh, uh, that's right. After, yeah, she left after the oil vein I'm adventures. Dealing with that stuff. Let's know. get a quick. Let's yeah. Let's get a quick uh, 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 thing that everyone was involved in. So Juice is doing his own things. He's, he's in the market. He's doing wizard shopping as well. Yeah, and and, and Juice has been trying to fix getting the appointment in the uh, vault of safety. Yeah, that was something he was spending considerable time doing. Was sort of apologizing. Yeah, and so he'd gone there, walked through the, the yeah. market, gone there, apologized for missing it. Oil Vane's been mostly just sort of bonding with this new bonding with incarnation the of Snoot and Scrimcorn. He's in the trade festival looking for rare and exotic grubs. <clears throat> like like sun-roasted dung beetles of Glimshannon and Barry Bots and flavor beans. Exotic grubs? Exotic. He needed those. Uh, non-local. At one point, Scrimcorn runs across uh, Drewston in the in the thing. Actually, didn't I describe the last that? Yeah. They were reaching for the same grub. And he oh. and he um he told the shopkeeper oh, that you were chatting with My that God. you were going to give away all of his trade secrets. <laughs> yes, and the guy stopped doing he business. He ran with you Tristan. off, sir. Yeah. Oh really? Yes. And okay, so he's giving the stink eye to this place, then he sees Scrimcorn. Let's have a, bel- a hearty belly laugh. <laughs> Um, Mock is spending all of his time. He's dividing his time. He was the one present when uh, Balanos was crafting uh, some of the airship. So he split his time between Balanos' shop and trying to lower the price of this uh, overextended stay at one of the pricier establishments in this fair city. Everyone's so excited for us to be there. Two pronged attack like building and mitigating overhead. One of the two of those things is going great. Um, or should I say So, Mock yeah. finds himself standing at the desk of the Golden Oak, having just rolled a one and then a two with advantage. Twice as much as the first. 200% improvement. 200. Uh, <laughs> what is that result of? And says, I'm sorry. <laughs> He says, I understand from your insistence over the last three days uh, that you find the price unfair, but your companion did pay upfront. He says, I know, and what I'm trying to do is introduce other customers who could take over the contract. Does it? Does it have to be my money? <laughs> At this point, <laughs> after days of trying to negotiate in more reasonable terms, he says, Losing as, some of that control. As we have discussed time and time again, 
Our contracts are for those that pay us, and due to the privacy and security of our all of our guests here at the Golden Oak, says these contracts are non-transferable, and uh, uh, and subleasing is strictly against policy. Says, I empathize. Uh, of course, it is. And says, you have been nothing but exemplary guests in our hotel, with only very minor damage to the rooms uh, from our nightly inspections. Uh, nightly inspections? <laughs> <laughs> Wait a minute! You're not there! <laughs> um, Hide the blow! Motherfucking inspection. Says, and as such, due to your clear passion about saving a few coin, and uh, uh, and your misunderstanding of the terms that were signed by your, uh, by your companion, says, Representatives. So I have. Uh, uh, it says I have been granted authority by the uh, uh, by the proprietor by the proprietor of this establishment. Uh, and you're like oh, speaking to the proprietor, Mr. Yeah, right, exactly. <laughs> I'm just like. Well, that's the problem right there. Manager is this whole time. <laughs> she's never mentioned that before. It's one of those. Well, he's tried to talk his way up the ladder, but like felt that he finally arrived. At the it's place. assistant managers all the way down. <laughs> what he's <laughs> that's a senior bellhop. What he's learning is just that like. This isn't their first walk in the park either. <laughs> he says, we would be willing to give a one-time, uh, 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 uh Complimentary. There's a, there's a word in actual customer service that I wanted to use and I can't remember. Um, it's when you give something to a Relief. customer for, um, to make it Complimentary. No, 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 it's a whole different thing, but it doesn't matter. They, uh, says, we're willing to extend a one-time special offer as, uh, uh, for a 200 gold, uh, a credit to your account to be spent at any future date that you would want to spend. <laughs> oh, no! <laughs> okay, Mark says, uh, Mark, uh, frowns and he says, That's bull. He says, <laughs> I understand that this issue is going no further, but I'll have you know that your waitstaff will be aware that there will be an empty room at your inn for a week and a half where they will receive no amenities above and beyond the normal price. I know that there is, there has been established a tip component to this. One of the hooded figures that walks by like stopped in the step and like did he look to the side or did he just keep looking down and then continued walking and he says and she flashes the glance at that person and back to you with a scowl on her face and she says so if that's your final offer think about that price and maybe we can keep your staff happier and you can offer me a bit more than your final offer and he turns on his heel and he's fucking gone because <laughs> he's walking so it is what it is <laughs> <laughs> Your employees are going to be pissed. Yeah. Cool, good. Hourly wage for the next week and a half, boys, during the festival. <laughs> Bartenders <laughs> fucking quit over that. <laughs> All right, Kevin? <laughs> All right. Does that mean they'll be extra sycophantic like right before we leave? No like, idea. They're just going to want to squeeze every no last drop out of us? I mean... Is anyone else hanging out with Mock at Balanus's workshop during any of this time? Uh... Yeah, that was awesome. Um, Baron definitely stuffed back in, you know, to see how his cousin's doing and see if his spirits are up and how things are going well. And he's also just Essence curious there. to see how Essen's doing and how the airship is coming along. Come in, come in, darling! As uh, Baron, like, walks up the door. Sure. And, uh, yeah, Baron sees Balanos hard at work with the big orb, all the things described. Uh, she's, she's now got, um, she's now got 
threads spun from all sides of this fell druid, this fell oak um, sphere, wicker, wicker sphere. Well, wicker is a different kind of wood, isn't it? Um, anyway, this fell oak woven sphere. Um, uh, there's threads coming out of both sides of it, connected at completely, like, perfectly evenly spaced points around the entire sphere. One going off towards one big uh, set of concentric rings, as described last week, and another one going off in another direction towards another set of concentric rings with a bunch of leathery fabric strewn about with all of it as she is, uh, you see her inspecting each thread. She's, like, checking each inch as she, like, moves from one end to the other and then the next end to the other. Hmm. So how big is this thing going to be when it's all finished? She says, oh, big enough for your lot. Like, I've seen Grumbar's balloon, and I see the big thing parked up on the tree out there. Smaller than the balloon? Bigger than that? Like, somewhere in between? I I really have no idea. I don't don't know much about airships. She has a big grin on your face, and she says, Oh, darling, nobody knows anything about this airship. That's my question. <laughs> curious. Any, do you know how big it's going to be? <laughs> she, says, <laughs> she, she waves her hand and says, "Always in such a rush. Always in such a rush." She says, "She says the journey is the destination." And she continues to check the threads. What the fuck? Oh, no. You never want to hear that from a cab driver. Facts. <laughs> You're mm. locked into my building us a bus. And uh You're frustrated Mock, by <laughs> How goes uh your endeavors? Yeah, what is Mock doing? Yeah, Mock is they've basically they've gotten to the point where there is a kind of a physical <laughs> mock-up. Like for for Mock to mock-up. whip something together that like physically represents what they're trying to do is like no problem. A- again, it's the difference between mechanical and like software in our world. Like if a piece of software has one piece of punctuation that's off, the whole thing doesn't work. But in the mechanical world, you can kind of like just twist things and like, oh, the gear's a little off, we'll just like force it in there. And you get something working with a lot more, a lot wider tolerance. So like, basically, Mox created a bit of like a a physical representation of what like an anvil workstation might be. And he's kind of like drawing some like sketches of tools that he might build, which might like apply to this workup. you know, Essen's putting some like some feedback in there, but in terms of like the actual kind of like artificial, like arcane overlay, that is like the software. That's like the extremely precise art where if like one component is off or misrepresented, like the whole thing will be completely impotent. Mm-hmm. And so like Essen is probably just spending his time mostly to himself, but trying to kind of like give Mock an idea of like some of the things. He's got the that whiteboard. He, Right, he's like, he's like, so here's what here's what we're gonna try to do, and here like kind of a little bit like trying to teach some like, like a professor trying to teach a student uh, as the professor solves the problem and just trying to kind of like explain what he's doing along the way. And he's like, here are some of these components, and like uh, Mock is Mock's a student. He's picking it up, and there is there is like a notable, a little bit of a natural knack. Like it's not like Mock is trying to do this thing, but he's quick on the study. The stuff makes sense to him. What Essen repeats over and over and over again is this continuing uh, the theme <laughs> lack of understanding yeah. that Mock doesn't just see all of this stuff naturally. Like, he's explaining it, and then he stops and says, you really can't see that. <laughs> yeah. And, like, he's, he's right there. an old man <laughs> who keeps almost forgetting 
that he's teaching you uh, while right. teaching you. Right. And it's just it just the constant like the master first, painter teaching have, a I don't blind know if it annoyed Mock at first. No. But it has happened so now consistently that it's just background noise in the way Essen approaches. Be- very far from it, and Mock has ha- had uh, you know, at a certain point came to a conversation where Mock explained that I was the jewel crafting apprentice. I was the last apprentice that my master ever took on in his career. He was well above 300 when he took on. It was an immense, it was an immense privilege to work under my master, Gethrin. And my grandpappy, Adric, was the one that facilitated that for me. For surely, it, the, the slot that I occupied was most earned, but would not have happened without his intervention. And so I spent many decades under a master that far outstripped my capabilities. But what 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 tolerance was required to deal with his unusual unusual routines and habits uh, far were far outstripped by the knowledge and expertise he had in his craft. You Essen are not quite as aged or. Uh, or, or belligerent as, as Master Gethrin. But you yourself have said that your retirement years are sitting in front of you. And as you, as you speak to me of your artificing, know that I may be the last student you ever have as well. This is a ring on. I would like that. Uh, Maka, uh, yeah. It might, it might also be your first. He says, I'm used to, I'm used to doing that. He says, I would like that. I'm used to doing one thing for a very long time. Uh, Mark Nagy says, continue on with the instruction. So Baron walks in in the middle of um, do, doing all this. Well, interesting. Uh, sees them kind of working together and says, just like, any, any more thoughts on that magic ring idea I put, I put forward? I don't know. As you walk in, you see that Mock is paying attention, but... Again, doing the basics of materials prep and rough rough cutting on gem, and it's it's like breathing to mock. He can mm. do that. He can fully pay attention to Essen and do productive work that advances kind of like the low level stages. And so you see him working on cleaning a few moderate sized diamonds. You asked for three three hundred gold pieces, yeah, and he's starting to put the and rough also work the big fatty and the one K. I got it all. <laughs> But these are the, the again. This is this is this is work that he's doing while he's doing something else. So he's getting the lower value ones prepped. Um, and he Quick said, number here because that is a because I think the three hundred ones came out of the group pot, right? We haven't determined what kind of discount we're going to get from Mock putting some of his own work in it. So once that's determined, we'll we'll, we'll get with Justin or get with the court. Because the one K is also coming out of his own pocket. Sure. Uh, we'll, we'll let you know numbers. As is right and proper. But uh, oh, but uh, as he but does, he's like, smile on I am um, laying the groundwork. You'll, we'll have it in a short order here. And uh, if you ever see Dresden wandering out about there, he's done with Gary. Tell him to swing by Balanos as well. Plenty for him to learn and observe here. He'll be he'll he'll throw a fit if he real if if we later tell him what he's missing in this shop. Oh well, I'll point it out. Also, another thought for a project. Not that you maybe never get to this, but you managed to transfer that. Well, sort of turn head shaver from the axe of Balanos onto head shaver. I thought to myself, if I could get this dragon cultist armor 
into a nice uh, set of dwarven half plate. So a smile on my face. Something a little more comfortable and homely. Yeah, the dragon scale seems like a great material, but I mean it's fine, but it's just you know it's just you don't like the color. I know, man. I know. You are a man of particular taste. Say no more. Again, you're, you're working crafts that have not been seen or heard of in generations. So, uh, just, you know, thoughts. I'd, if you're looking for a project. Uh, he says, he says, ah, I hear you. What, why you clear but to be honest, I was looking at your shield more than your armor. Oh, true. Really? It seems like you could use a little bit more power to help you in the service of Morden. Oh, just a thought I had, but, uh, yeah, as you said, plenty of work to do. His sketchbook full of arms. No, uh, no lack of options for dwarfs. Good toilet today. Good toilet tomorrow. Wow, very good. Then you feel a huge gust of wind just rip through your workshop area. Parchments that, like, you have up just, like, rip off the walls. Uh, your hair is blown up. Your beard, like, blown out immediately. Ah, one direction. It's just short one. now. Oh, in the time since, uh, in the past three days, he did manage to find a, a decent dwarven uh, yeah, barber. Yeah, and now he's short. got, like, a short beard. Uh, it's because it was, it was like, half burned off. How it's unlike your own beard, beard is it? Anyway, so this this wind is oh, blowing sorry. through. We'll do that in a little bit. Yeah. Uh, uh, this gust of wind is blowing through as you hear a slam, slam, slam come from down lower oh. in the workshop. Ma <laughs> uh, kind of Curiosity. smells and he's like, huh, seems like nothing's burning or dying down there. Uh, uh, and then you hear a crack of thunder. Alright, let's go check. <laughs> Baron definitely goes to go and take a look. And I would think yeah. I would think Essen was the first to hit the door because this is, you know, this is the elder elemental tempest being drawn upon. So I would say the three of them. As you uh you're probably on like a second story or something, as you as you approach the edge, you see a sight you are not expecting, which is a big balloon. Inflated and like lifting up to the third story, like you're looking at the like middle. You, kind of go, uh, you see it like it it, it 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 inflates upwards, and you see the big metal rings ringed around different parts of this balloon, creating a a long sort of what's what would that shape like called? Jetson, an, like, oval, oblong. an oblong sphere. So oblong not a sphere at all. Spheroid. An obloid spheroid. Anyway, uh, an, an oval sphere. Um, whatever that is called. Now, now. Alexa, what's a sphere called that's not a sphere but is an oval? I think I think the obloid spheroid is I good on the correct. nose. I oblong am spheroid. correct. On no, obloid Elip- spheroid. Obloid spheroid? It's obloid Ellipsoid. Ellipsoid. Ellipsoid is the word, Alex. Yeah, that sounds about right. Then it sounds cooler. It's like an egg, which is an ellipsoid, I think. Chloe. Oh wait, an egg is from a cloaca. That's a different thing. Now we all agree. Alright, so you see this big balloon of this leathery material and you realize that the concentric circles on the ground or the collapsed version of this big balloon now inflated and you can see lightning arcing off of the sides of it and a roiling storm just barely visible through the mostly opaque, a translucent uh, uh, balloon material. And you hear, oh, it works! As you see Balanos down below, her hand on a big uh, uh, knot of uh, a knot of black wood attached to the side of the uh, of the 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 wicker bell, the the, wicker cage, the wicker cage, Uh. the wicker cage. As uh, uh, she's uh, holding it, looking up at the balloon, and then you see her turn the knot, and then suddenly the balloon. 
uh, uh, collapses down as you hear a slam, 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 slam as the rings oh. slam back into the ground. How quickly? Just... Because we saw, we've seen like Grumbar in the morning, like inflating his balloon from, you know, takes a while. almost nothing. And that takes, you know, the fuel he had, it took a long time, but like. This one just, it's just like, it's just gone. Yeah. Flump right down. And the metal clinging on the ground is loud. Uh, uh, That's notable. <laughs> she says, the containment is stable. Is she talking to anyone or just to herself loudly? Uh, uh, she's talking to herself loudly, and then she looks up and she says, The containment is stable, darling! We're not all dead! Bok looks to Essen. And he says, Us all being dead was a significant risk, I think. Significant <laughs> I have uh, given up trying to understand what she is doing. In a new there. workshop. <laughs> Health and safety hazards. OSHA oh, will have it. a field day. All right! <laughs> Yeah, well done, Balados. Uh, heads up next time you do the more dangerous pieces. No need for us to go down with your ship. She says, Oh, darling, everything I do is equally dangerous. That doesn't make any sense whatsoever. Please tell us when you're doing the more dangerous things. <laughs> uh, Kaelin, would you play Balanos for me? Okay. Please. All right. Uh, I'm handing uh, Balanos over to Kaelin. Uh, hold on. Get into character. Think, uh, think. God, All right. Have a drink. Can I get you another beer? Okay. Think Balanos. Um, no. Balanos. <laughs> I can't. I can't approach that. Balanos. <clears throat> and then there was a knock at Balanos's workshop. <sighs> and then the door is pushed open. A leg stretches inside. it is, I do not take commissions right now. And a man walks in, foppish, does not even begin to describe this man, wearing a finely tailored, collared uh, uh, suit jacket, uh, uh, what do you call that thing that's like not a tie? A cravat. A cravat. A cravat. An ascot. Holding a fine glass of red liquid as he's swirling it what? in his he comes hand. in here <laughs> into my place wearing uh, immaculate oh, leather shoes and a uh, a rapier um, uh, in a sheath on his belt that Moth can see in an instant Moth knows what a show weapon looks like oh. <laughs> wouldn't be fair to cut my meat at the dinner table and uh white linen motherfucker. White lace curtain motherfucker. Motherfucker. Now this is a lace curtain motherfucker. <laughs> this is who they were trying to rob. This is the guy they were trying to rob. That guy! Um That's a mark. That's a mark. Does Balanos does know Balanos this uh uh for sure recognizes him as um, a dandy. This is, this is, this is the, a Balanos, it is time for a, uh, an unscheduled inspection. Um, what's his name? Uh, oh, that's right. Um, Balanos recognizes him as Thalnor Willowgrass. Oh, God. Is he a human? The third. Elf? <laughs> the elf. Elf. Okay. his name. Uh, that's no, quite elf. a lot. As he swirls his wine and takes a sip. Fabish elves are the worst. <laughs> so, it's like leaning you, into it, you right? must be, <laughs> You must be confused. Uh, it's very, very busy with all of the trade going on. I'm sure you have lots of things to do. Uh, this is not the time for the schedule. Uh, you actually were supposed to do that uh, next season. Um, Goodbye. Um, Goodbye. Um, Goodbye. Um, Goodbye. Um, you know full well that the terms of your 
probation allow for unscheduled inspections at any time the Office of Corrections deem necessary for the safety and well-being of the people and visitors of Silvery Moon. <laughs> Balance. It's like halfway turned. I just stops at this and just. And he's, he's, he's like nose is just up as he's like, looking around at this place. You are warming your wine. <sighs> Says, I like it a little warm. Gross. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. huh. He says, uh, you are now to present a full accounting of all living and dead I'm, creatures, plants, funguses, and monstrosities currently contained in your workshop. I am very busy. It's simply no time, darling. You must come back later. Hmm. He says, Mbalanos, if you do not comply, we will return you to where we found you. You don't have the authority. You would have to talk to someone else, someone someone more important. He says, know that I have the full support of uh, uh, the High Judge of Silvery Moon uh, behind me in all of my actions, as we have had this conversation seven times before. It was seven and a half. He scowls a bit at this reference. The half conversation was very brief. Very brief. And he says, I take it you do not have a full accounting of all living and dead creatures, plants, fungus, and monstrosities currently contained in your workshop? I mean, who can really be We'll do it the slow way, then, as he just starts walking around the workshop. Mock wants to do an insight check, (laughs) and he nudges Baron to, like... Do an insight check. <laughs> yeah. But he feels, he feels yeah. the nudge. And he looks at him and he's like, I know, right? Yeah. <laughs> Assist. Baron. Baron's inside is, it's a fucking hell. You get a 14 from Mock as he's trying to read this. I would say, like, Baron has, takes a minus for no his one does. racism towards elves. is like, yeah. he's a fucker. That's what well, he yeah. is. Obviously, obviously our heavy right prejudice comes to play. But nobody does bureaucracy like the dwarves. That's and, true. And this guy coming in the door to try to flex these bureaucratic muscles, Mock's just like, if there is something stinky here, I'm going to sniff it immediately, and we're going to stomp it out. Bad. Nicely 14 done. for me. 16 for me. Beautiful. Um, we're going to see how crooked this guy is or isn't. Looking at 23. Inside check. Baron is looking at him with disdain <laughs> from the second story. <laughs> Scowling down at him. It's so warm. It's hot sunny. It's, it's intentional. It's a warm thermos. But how is it? Oh, you have it in a thermos. We have it, uh, nice. Focus, focus, focus. Good idea. Yeah. Uh, that, you, Sophie is a... You are uh, Willow. You are Willow something. Yes, uh, are you? I am... I am... Falnor the foppish willow grass. Um, Falnor the fop. Falnor. As Falnor... the fop. Walks o- as as Baron is watching him, Falnor walks walks over to uh, a couple of shelves and he picks up a uh, uh, like a gnarled piece of uh, wood that is light in color. And he says, "And where is this from?" And she she looks at it and she goes, "It could be a, a few places. I, I don't know. I would have to check my records." He says, "What kind of tree did this come from? And go fetch your records." Oh wait, did the wrong accent. And go fetch your records. 
boxes. Most of but my records are in my head. Scrim corn. I work Seems very kind hard. Of like I have no problem holding the antidote for this sort of character. If you know what I mean, cousin. I mean, it might make things better. It might make it worse. He's saying the scream corner works. Somebody's like, shut this place down for health code violations. <laughs> that's a good. It's, we'll call it. We'll call that our last resort. All right, a bit of a wild card there. Uh, who knows how that one to play out? <laughs> Maybe look. <laughs> he snaps his head over to Mock and Bear in the up, peanut up gallery on the second floor, <laughs> and he says. I would ask that all uh, uh, that all in attendance of this official inspection of uh, uh, of this workshop Make keep themselves. their mouths shut while official business is conducted. Oh, I just told you guys to shut up. Uh, and he says, Balanos, I suggest that you access those records just, that are in your head and that you answer my question: Did this come? From a dryad's tree. A fell dryad is evil. He says, and you have it on uh, whose authority? I mean, check it yourself. Do you have. He puts it back down, tired of this questioning, and moves on she to. Wiggles, she wiggles her fingers up. He, he walks over to another thing that is a bottle with liquid in it, and there's some sort of fish swimming around, and he says, mm, This is new since last time. Well, who can say? Just you. You come can and visit say. me so often, darling. I can never be sure when the last time you came was. He says, Balanos, I will tear this place apart. And hurt and your small hands. And if I find hands? a single good creature, fungus, monstrosity, or other living or dead creature that fuels your inventions, he says, your contract with Silvery Moon will be. Will be. I keep losing it. It will be. Expunged. Expunged. Uh, she pauses briefly, like considering that, and says, If you want to waste your time, go ahead and do it, but don't touch anything. It's all very fragile. You wouldn't understand it. Mm-hmm. And he you wouldn't it understand it. You can tell him. Fox says, well, Malinos, to be frank, I don't understand half of it. See, they and don't you understand won't explain either. any of it to us, so... I did, several times. You just don't listen. I'm speaking very quickly. Is yeah, I would say the entire process is entirely inscrutable. As I have stated, this is it's... official business. Please do not speak to the interrogatee. I'm right, I not forgot. Being interrogated. Sorry. You said it was an inspection. That's different. If it is an interrogation, I have rights. The conversation. He continues. He's like picking up things, looking at them. He's he's got a uh, uh, he's got a scroll that he keeps scrolling through as he looks at each uh, uh, object and and picks up different things. He's a lot not asking questions, just like looking at all of these things. Careful with that. And as Baron, uh, as you're watching this interaction, Baron. Mm-hmm. Baron does not get the vibes that he is sort of looking for from like. Uh, a shakedown, perhaps, is what he's he's wondering. Like, is this a shakedown? Is this like is he a, looking a, to get paid or bribed, um, or, or, or is he doing an official job with ill will? Like, is he 
Is right, on burning her for no reason. Yeah, so like the first thing is, is this a shakedown? Like, right. is this, because that's ob- that's like more obvious to spot. Yeah. You know, seen it a million times. Guard comes in, hey, you know, you this would, looks expensive. Shame if somebody dropped it. Yeah, wouldn't want the bandits to like, uh, uh, you fuck know, up know your shit. fuck up your shit. And uh, we can protect you, of course, we're the city guard. So you're looking for that behavior, and, and, and that's not there at all. Um, and then the second thing is the more subtle, the worse, right? The, uh, the, the, the what you were describing. Looking, yes. looking, like, even though it's an official inspection and these need to happen, of course, out, out for blood, looking for revenge, looking to burn the person, looking for, looking any, for an excuse. Any small thing that can be inflated to a larger infraction. This, what this strikes, you wrote very well, right? 23. What, um, what, what, what is obvious to Baron is the disdain that this, that this official, this bureaucrat, uh, uh, has for Balanos, but you also get a deep sense of familiarity between these two. I mean, they're saying it in their words. They've, got, they've been through this routine, and you get the feeling that there's this annoyance on the surface, and he's annoyed for sure, sure. but there's also, there's also an edge really only the sort of trained eye can see that it is the kind of annoyance that is, it comes into this with full expectation. He's checking boxes. He's, he's he's playing the role, and you get the feeling that Balanos is playing the role too. This is this is this how is they work, uh, uh, and that you know they're 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 playing this game, and you get the feeling they've played it many times before, and uh, this is the way it is. And it's just the way it is. But you don't get uh, you don't get any uh, uh, ill intent. Hmm. Looks like business, I suppose. What says uh, very well? I'm not gonna waste my time not talking to that, those idiots. <laughs> Looks like a prickly relationship. Best not to stick our noses in it. <laughs> and uh, this goes on for this goes on for an hour. <laughs> uh, uh, the mocks are supervising. Yeah, Mox probably gone back to his work yeah, up there. Exactly. I got shit to do. Uh, uh, he's uh, dumb. browsing all of these things, and then finally he comes to the middle of the room. And he says, mm, "Now, what is? Or actually, wait, what else does he see? What else does he see in the? Uh, oh, he's going through all these different things, like a little bottle of fish swimming in it. Uh, uh, there's like a a drawn out leather canvas against the wall, and he says, mm, did this come from a unicorn? And the only way to know is to lick it." He says, mm, "Balanos." That's he what says, they say. Unicorns supposed to taste. Specific. Your arrangement is uh, to only work with evil living creatures and not a shade. Then you would know that it's not. How many times do I have to say it? He uh, twists. He doesn't have a mustache because he's. He has one of those little. Strokes long. Oh, he's, he's got. He's little, got just a vertical line. Flavor saver. And he just uh, he just pinches it a little bit and says, mm, "Yes." He says, "Okay." Mm, you, you are. No. You know. You you know. A, a, is a war guide when you see it? Hide of war. Mm-hmm. He says, mm, "Yes." Okay. I see. And he says, "Is there anything else you would like to declare?" Well, that you are a pain in my ass, and I would rather you not ever visit again. He says, how about this here, as he points to the 
wicker ball. Oh, that. The fell, the fell woven ball. Yes, that is a new thing. You guys. New project. Um, very complicated. It would be too hard to explain to you at this time. I would require many weeks to uh, write a full report uh, that I could do at another time, but not this time. He says, mm, it seems like this is another one of your uh, inventions Yes, it's experimental, here. very important, very uh, useful, and uh, we'll, we'll see what will happen with it uh, in the future once we do uh, preliminary testing, and after that, perhaps uh, something helpful to Silvery Moon. He walks over to one of the collapsed balloons. Oh, don't touch that! Nudges it with his foot anyway. You touched it, even though I said not to... He says, you know you must, you that the authority granted to me. I don't know why I care. Over if you to died, the woven ball. I would surely and he be reaches better off. for the knot. Don't touch that. And he turns it. You touch Just a little it. bit. And uh, wind flows out and lightning shoots down the uh, uh, the threads and into the balloon, which blows up again. Dead. But he doesn't flinch. He looks and he says, mm, Another experimental ship of yours. That is exactly what I said. If you had been listening, you wouldn't have to fiddle with it. He says, And have you filed for the... Uh, have you filed for the, uh, the, the necessary uh, paperwork uh, for uh, surely loaning out this Silvery Moon property? Uh, he's, and he's and who is it this time that you are... Uh, that you are sending. And we don't need to discuss the past. This is no. He says, is it this the is people good. that are upstairs? I mean, some are upstairs. He just starts walking towards the stairs. Walks up. <coughs> don't Mark hears him and he says, uh, here come the fuzz, yes, and better let Bern and I do the talking here. You know, you could just come down and continue harassing me. You like that? He says, mm, could you, you state your business with uh, the dryad known as Balanos? He has no legal authority. Says, nope, prefer not to. I, we're, no, we're no clients of yours or Sylvia Moon and have nothing to do with you, sir. Enjoy fondling all the bits and goods here and on your way. Well, not all of the bits. Mm, are you or are you not? Uh, um, are you or are you not? Intending uh, to uh, to uh, use uh, a new invention of Balanos's, uh, surely to test it for her in exchange for free transportation. He's nearly, he looks around and says, "Oh, you, I'm here on a field trip, an educational expedition. See the wonders of Silvery Moon and yada yada yada." He's like, uh, he says, you, sir, I don't know, I owe nothing to, and will not give an ounce of information unless you prefer to compensate me for my time, or oh, give me what? some reason why I bloody well should! He says, mm, shouting at a city official is a misdemeanor under Silvery Moon Law. <laughs> Only if you knew he was an official when Mark you said laughs it. heartily. Didn't know you were an official then. He laughs heartily. He says, I am a, a probationary officer under the uh, Office of Corrections of the City of Silvery Moon. He says, and anyone doing a business with uh, Balanos is doing Office business. Office of Corrections? He says, yes. Prison guard? 
And he says, he wrinkles his nose, and he says, haughtily, and he says, uh, uh, swishes his, he his says, half empty I wine said, glass. officer, uh, like, nothing wrong with that, huh? He says, yeah, Balanos's arrangement with the city is under close watch of the city of Silvery Moon. Is she a prisoner? Wasn't aware of that. And she says, doing, uh, it says, doing business with people without disclosing the full nature of your business yet again, Balanos. What we is the full nature of anything. anyone's business? He's exchanging coins. Knowing the full nature of your business would be very entertaining, I think. He says, you know the full nature of my business. He sips his wine again. (laughs) I like it warm. Says, uh, you, sir, may ask your questions and leave in silence, which is all you will get from us. He says, you know not us, nor our purposes, nor who we are. And unless there's any reason to change that formula, we'll leave it as such. He says, um, <laughs> you, You've got him I mean, stumped! Maybe, I got distracted maybe, by what Kevin posted on Slack. Oh, maybe sorry. he has something to offer us, I don't know. And yes, Balanos' inspiration is Ethnobot. You forget it. Um, Yay! I like it. The, uh... <laughs> um... Mm, yeah. Hang on, hang on, let me just collect my is thoughts. He he's, not, yeah. he's not He's not delaying, he's not delaying. No, that's fine, I'm just saying. He says... He's for sure going to have some tools for having people give a shit about his bureaucracy. Yeah. He says... Mm, Balanos is uh, free to experiment with uh, uh, with any inventions that she so pleases, and has the authority to uh, to contract out by any arrangement that Full she deems authority. that she deems Without. appropriate to test her inventions before graduating them to be. Uh, safe enough to benefit At to, to which benefit time the city I would of then Moon. put in the required paperwork. We're not at that point yet. He says, and my We're office is there. in charge of making sure that Balanos operates within the bounds of her probation. He is obsessed with me. Well, tell us more about this probation. You're dating? He says, He's Balanos. obsessed with me. He's not in love with me. If he was, he would stay far away. He says, um, Balanos um, has a proclivity for working uh, with the living tissues of uh, of creatures it's and people. It's not all tissues. Sometimes it's like an essence, like a... Uh, and the magical like essence a, like a, and other mysterious such sort of bubbles and living things. Unusual. Can't say I've heard of such a thing before. Of course it you haven't. I'm an innovator. It is unusual. She's like, says, she's like marched However, she has... She says she ran into Don't talk some about me legal, like I'm not standing right here. Legal trouble. I am standing right uh, here. Yes. As Bob looks at Balanos as he's hearing this. It's complicated. It is more complicated. She would commission the uh, capture and slaying of many beneficial and wise and good creatures and people. That is under a debate. That is still not clear completely what is good for everyone. We did settle out of court. Um, (laughs) Oh my god. 
says, the alleged um, uh, using of these said things. So her probation is uh, that uh, she must strictly only use materials and living and dead tissues and monstrosities and other things. I took notes for what you said. Yeah, what did you say? Yes, that's it. Uh, all living and dead creatures, plants, fungus, and monstrosities uh, that are strictly of the evil persuasion. So what does a tree count as? Evil trees count as evil. But what about just like an oak tree? That is neutral. If it is. So she can't use oak. Not the living essence of an oak. He says that is correct. It must be evil. Neutral does not count. What about a like a piece right of wood? World. Is that. That's building I, material. That's different. It's mm-hmm. carpentry. Not essential. I admit, most of this. I'd heard of like. Some kind of tree oil? Is that, is that a thing? We've Please. Just, what about uh, maple syrup? This is. We've gone over this several times. I've gone over this I'm hungry for breakfast myself. He says, We are talking about laws. It is not an exact science. All right. <laughs> you know what, what does you, it have to do what with What is us? an exact science is me. I do exact sciences, and you benefit from them, and then you come over here and you go. Pa, 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 he says, pa, 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 I take it from the fact. I, Make good things for I you, and then you go away. The fact go that Baldos has permitted you alone, to use a workshop with this balloon, but you won't stop talking, and I have to stand here and listen to you talk and 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 talk. And, talk. and if I hear one more word, I might just explode, and then you will all die. To mean that. Ah! Are currently stumps back downstairs. Bum, 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 bum. But it's softer because she's a driver. So light. Bum, 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 bum. Commission. But she's stomping. To test fly uh, her latest creation, for she does not allow anyone to use her workshop unless they are under a current arrangement with her. As anyway. My companion, uh, companion stated, uh, we prefer not to state our business. He says, yes, see, that is where it is a bit of a problem. I need uh, to have an assurance that your utilization of the property of Silvery Moon uh, will be carried out in such a manner as to benefit Silvery Moon, which is to report back on your findings to Balanos on regular intervals and not to fly the airship into a volcano and lose it immediately. To give one example... That has happened before. I would say, uh, if you if were, we were on to it, fly it directly into said volcano, how would you inflict a reasonable fine on our actions? He says, "It is my job um, to. Uh, it is my job to determine that, that if there is a reasonable uh, expectation that you may partake in such activities, in which case I will bar you from leaving." Well, well, best of luck with that. As I said, I don't choose to state our business, but I personally have no inclinations towards visiting a volcano. You better not! It's a very valuable balloon so far. What does say, is there an office that you report to? Yeah, the office of buttholes. The butthole. office of corrections. That's what I said, buttholes. Is there somebody more important than yourself that we could talk to? Literally Just- every 
anyone is more important. The High Judge of Silvery Moon. I don't want to talk to him. And no, the High Judge, <laughs> who is his supervisor? And then he looks to each of you and he like, keeps geez. looking back and forth. And he says, it is... Are you the dwarves? Are you the dwarves that the company from Mithril Hall is trying to negotiate the extradition of? I told you not to talk to them. Mox says, tell me more. My, we are simply dwarves and the city is full of them. Are there some culprits we should be looking out for? Mm. I wasn't aware that such a thing was taking place. Okay, are you guys lying to him? No. Well, I wasn't aware that such a thing was taking place. Simple question. (laughs) That is a deception. That is pure deception. (laughs) It's not a lie skill. No. It's a deception skill. Well, it's it's the the line between role deception and not is a hard line. It's a yes, no, it's binary. And then, but the gradient of... Not to my knowledge. Of, 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 of <laughs> the gradient, the gradient of foregoing information versus actively deceiving is a very white to black thing. So it's really up to him to decide Certainly. at what point do we do binary yes no. At what point do we just let the RP play? I see what you're saying. I'm, I'm saying tread carefully with that RP. <laughs> oh, can't wait. He says, mm, I'm certain of it. He says, certain of what? He says. You are two of the three dwarves. He says, he says, Mithril Hall is very interested in each of you. He says, trying to extradite, have you extradited to their, um, to their, their office of corrections, their custody. He says, but, um, he says, he says, these negotiations have been going on for quite some time. He says, hmm. He says, this is troubling to me. Uh, I'm done with my questions for the day. And he starts walking down the stairs. Not that some guy. Yeah, Baron has no reason to do otherwise. But he is concerned by this information. He wasn't aware that such a thing was taking place, and he's not happy about the idea. Uh, he goes down and says, mm, Balanos, mm, this is... Uh, he says... By the power um, uh, afforded to me in my position in the Office of Corrections, I hereby bar your latest creation from leaving the city of Silvery Moon until our thorough investigation into your uh, into your volunteers has been completed. Um, Balanos and he starts walking just out the gives door. him a look. Um, yeah, just kind of a side glance. Waits for him to leave. And he leaves. Are you gonna take over? I'll take over, Balanos. Okay, okay. That was fun, but very stressful. Mark turns to and he says, Well, we have a few options here, cousin. One, lay low. We've been doing that plenty. Two? I don't know how well. Two? <laughs> we go straight to the high judge mm. of the city. For Silver, Silvery Moon is an organized and independent city-state. She says, no, 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 talk, talk, talk. Uh, 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 talk no good, talk no good. Um, you are leaving now. He continues to talk and he says, uh, and what are we to... 
make it to the, the high judge before this report comes in. It may fare better in our negotiations than if we wait for this uppity elf to she poison the walks world. towards you, Mog, and starts pushing you towards the door. Roll a strength check. <laughs> yeah, I mean, she doesn't push very hard, but she's just pushing against yeah. him, which is not moving. Nor is it's unpleasant. What? Does it, you go now, you go now. Yeah. He says, you'll be looking tonight. Uh, clarification? She says, uh... He says, oh, darling, you're wanted by the government. He says, they aren't going to let you leave, but I need you. You're the only ones that can take this balloon. You'll leave tonight. Mark says, wait, why are we wanted by the government? I understand that Mithril Hall has interest in us, but is, uh, is Silvery Moon's ruling body so weak that they would simply give us up for civil politics? Well, let's be clear, cousin. They're not too far away, and Mithril Hall has had pretty good relations with Silvery Moon in the past. Aye. But to, to simply cough up, you know, visiting members during a festival, he I, says, but it, we're dwarves, and Silver Moon's elves, they say, hey, give us our dwarves, they'll be like, sure, not our problem. <laughs> Didn't want them in the city anyway. Box says, you, you've been here more than I have, cousin, but this would go right in the face of any tales I've heard of this cosmopolitan metropolis, and would severely color my inclinations to do business here in the future. <laughs> She says, darling, darling, it's not about if they'll uh, successfully extradite you. I don't really care what they do uh, as far as that. They are not going to authorize you to leave on my airship. So what will that And the longer we wait, the more oversight they'll have here, and that foppish asshole will be back here and will stop us from leaving. She says, they'll put an end to everything. We worked so hard to build this. All of us well, together. Well, we're not done yet. And he, he, he raises his voice to Balnos saying, there's more ways to get where we need to go than your crazy contraption that may kill us half a day out here, Balnos. So I'll talk to my cousins and my companions and you'll have an answer in our good time. Good day. <laughs> he turns to leave. He says, that is good, that is good. Just come back later. <laughs> yeah, it's good. She's like, cool. Uh, what does Essen do? Is he following you guys or staying? Yeah. Essen seems like he has loose connections to us and pretty strong connections to the engine. It's really up to him. I feel like he's standing between like too low. We're leaving soon. Should you uh, tell me how to manage the tempest? Oh yes, that's a good idea. And they start talking as you walk out. It's practically nine o'clock. I'm having my second problem. <laughs> You're behind Mock and Baron yeah. leave Balanus's workshop. Yeah. You can take uh, his stuff with you. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean he takes his drawings, the creations, the Does know, he does he wind them up like angrily like how you zip up a tent when you're no, he, This is, is being written in the journal of uh this is the journal of Durgeddon. This is a fully bound journal that had like three pages written on it, like one side. Mm. And Mock is probably like maybe like 15% through from the back to the front with his own drawings. <laughs> and so, and he, he never, he never is separated from that, that document, ever. Yeah, so, back in back in the old uh, waistcoat and uh, Baron's coming with, then heading back yeah. to the... Uh, we head back to the hotel. Who's at the hotel? What time of day is it? Uh, mid-afternoon. Mid-afternoon? Jason's I don't know how much time passed since. It's been a few days. days. Overall, did he get any feedback from 
the place where he wanted the room. Yes, we're going to address that in a second. Okay. Uh, you have an appointment uh, later tonight. Okay. So you're back at the room for okay. whatever yeah, reason. He's just going through his notes. He's preparing a new reliquary display. Yeah. Everyone should be back at the room that doesn't have an excuse, that doesn't have a strong reason. I, mean, yeah, I was, you guys I was shopping, I wanted to get grubs. Yeah, well, you got grubs. Hey, okay. There we got plenty. a bag of grubs. grubs. I just want to make sure that I got my grubs. You you want to know, get the grubs. Or whether or not I need to send out some sendings. Grubs, so that's my only question. Grubs aren't uh, as. Uh, sure, for now. They aren't popular enough to have like a whole grub section. It kind of has to find various vendors that happen to also have some exotic grubs. I mean, but part of it is there's an exotic you're looking for dirt pet shops. salesman. Yeah. There's an exotic dirt salesman who happens to have grubs in the dirt. He sells them to you. But you have to pick out the grubs on your own. Well, part of Silvery Moon Law is selling grubs is actually illegal. However, they can give you a free gift of grubs if you buy some dirt. Right. Free <laughs> gift of grubs. They don't have to be dirt for grub content. <laughs> it's like the sign has to say like right. free God, free grubs with a pound of dirt. So bureaucratic the last half a session. I'm out of here. I tell you. Run! Run away! Or it's welcome. All right. All right. You guys are at the. You guys are at the place. First the in, now this. News. Possibly bad news. Apparently, we're wanted uh, for extradition by Mithril Hall. Me, mock you. Oh, I thought I sent something wrong here. I, I thought I felt the shadow of Adric upon us. I'm not surprised. How is Balinos's uh, air uh, uh, balloon thing going? That's the other side of the coin. She says she wants us to leave tonight. On the... Is it done then? I guess. Well, all right. <laughs> Thanks, sir. Uh, uh, I, I mean... I've got an appointment to help decipher the room. When? Uh, tonight. Perhaps directly after we we set out. That may be a bit tight timing, but... Cousin, I, I feel if we're headed to Deeper Massacre, we've got to know what lies for uh, us there. I gave it back earlier. I mean, if we can make the timing work, I'm not opposed, but uh, we'll be having to make preparations. Do they know where, where we're staying? I don't know that. The gentleman seemed to be, he got a good look at me and Mock, and uh, pretty, hit on it pretty quick that we might be the ones he was looking for. Drewson takes out the uh, token, the Swamp Elf token, and he says, we still have this up on our sleeves. Uh, we could purchase Leverage. discretion with it. Oh, we can give it to the fuck. Yeah. <laughs> He's an elf. <laughs> that could do the trick. <laughs> oh, I'd like to see him choke on it. <laughs> Bear does like doing push-ups in the corner and says, who's choking on what now? Oh, there's some fop elf who wants to give us some trouble. <laughs> okay, what's it? where does he live? Well, it's more legal trouble. It wouldn't be quite right to, you know, break his head in or nothing. Wow, that's... Uh, wrong sort of response. We let history sort that out. I, uh... Well, cousin, you had <laughs> thoughts about whether we're going to take this airship balloon or not. Uh, has anyone else discovered anything about other routes to uh, Skyclave? The, the thought was we go to, from the map house that we discovered, there's a connection 
magical portal or something or other from Skyclave to Deep Mascar. If we can get in with someone in Skyclave, we might be able to use the portal to get to Deep Mascar. Either way, they're both way the hell east of here, and that seems like it's pointing us in the right direction. But we don't we don't have anyone. We don't have any connections at Skyclave. Not as of yet. And I are we waiting for Grumbach? Well, that was enough. Scrim, knock at your door. Scrim uh, grabs his his staff at the uh, <laughs> and and, yeah. and is at the. Their dog will answer door. It's one of the servant guys. Gets head down. Menacingly opens the door and says, "Oh, servant." Just you have a visitor. <laughs> yes, you are right here. He says, "What race is he? Does he have a shell? What does that have to do with anything? Does he have because, a shell? Because if it's a dwarf, I'm going out the window." Uh, it says. The gentleman introduced himself as Grumbar. He's a portal. Oh, Grumbar! I will fetch him post-haste. I have Nathan Grumbar. He bears into his pocket for a random coin and hands it to us. Grumbar has arrived in Silvery Moon. Grumbar! Yay! How was your travels? Welcome, Grumbar. I'll have Nathan use in this life. He says, Grumbar is excited to have so many people happy to see him. He says, the winds were very favorable. Grumbar's balloon traveled so fast. Wonderful. Wasn't there normally a a dangerous storm near here that may keep your balloon away that mysteriously vanished? He says, Grumbar noticed the absence of a great storm. He says, this area difficult to get to normally. As everyone takes a shot to celebrate <laughs> the death of the temple. Oh, the return of Gumbar. I got a napkin here. Yeah, there you go. Oh, I'm here. Uh, we've been busy since we saw you last. Balanos has some kind of fancy new air balloon for us uh, and wants us to leave He raises his hand and he says, Oh, Grumbar. no, no, no. Gumbar just needs his balloon patched up. That's all. I grumbar, but you need to be the captain of this new airship, or else there's no fucking way I'm getting on that death trap. I don't, I don't know that any of us really know how to fly it, unless this you've really misrepresented on how difficult it is to manage this. Balanos said your air balloon was a death trap as well. <laughs> oh, grumbar looks around the room and says, wa- "Grumbar." Is it confused? I'm now convinced that air travel is the safest way to go. I am fully convinced. <laughs> Grumbar, come sit at the table, have some meat, here are some vegetables. Finest rotten vegetables Scrim could find. We have some business to talk. Just Grumbar likes his balloon. Oh, Balanos built Grumbar's balloon, and Grumbar just needs Balanos to finish up a couple things. That's why Grumbar asked you to talk to Balanos. Well, that Grumbar was really not clear in your message. <laughs> Bear, one moment here. Grumbar, let's assume that our invitation for you to captain our ship has no bearing on your decision, and you decide you'd like to decline. Knowing what you know about Balanos, do you think it's reasonable to assume that she won't fix your airship and in fact may burn it to a crisp to force you to pilot the new airship that she's built? Doesn't that sound about right, knowing what you know about Balanos? Just, 
Balanos is an odd fellow. He says, but Balanos builds the greatest airships in the entire world. I know, I've been everywhere. Well then. He says, Balanos invented the poop fuel I use. That's... That was made of poop. That was my suspicion. He says, oh yes, it's made of each of your poop. Oh, that I don't like. Hey, I did not know. That's why he collected it. He says, look, that's why I dig the latrines and tell you where to go. He says, that's how we travel. Ooh, Mark, Mark, I thought you understood. Here. says, the propulsion system for this new airship is surely beyond the excrement-fueled innovation of your current model, and we would be so honored if you were to accompany us uh, on our, our next journey. Pretty please. Scrim mumbles about robbing the land of good fertilizer. Such a blight on the land. It's the unspoken promise when you harvest some crops that you will return what you have borrowed. There was a lot of troglodyte in that poo. Because you ate troglodyte? Yeah, Scrim Swarm ate a bunch of troglodyte. Or it made just goblin. I was trying to make a joke. But that's actually what you're going yeah. for. Yeah, Scrim Court's gonna have some weird shits. Yeah. But I, that was that was baseline, really. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, Pro- protein. It's gonna slow it down. Okay. Come on, Grumbar. Aren't you curious? When will they get this chance again? Yeah, we went to a lot of work to get that shit for you. You want to be the captain. Mm, every time Grumbar comes to Silvery Moon, Balanos has a new balloon that she wants me to fly. And you usually fly it. He says, no, I like my balloon. No, I yeah. like my balloon. The series, the first one was just a lawn chair with a bunch of balloons tied to it. It's just <laughs> evolved A big gun. Grumbar has. <laughs> Grumbar sits down and starts eating the food. Do you have it at the buffet? Uh, Mox says, <laughs> well, help us understand, Grumbar. Why this particular balloon that you have? What, what, why are you so attached to that model? He says, I know how it works. <laughs> oh. Yeah. Oh, he's Got me there. I, I strongly <laughs> empathize with that sentiment. Because the current one, I haven't a clue. Well, yeah, at least see Apparently it. Apparently there's a knob and a fell dryad wicker ball. He says, and a teapot. Oh, yeah, Balanos can only work with evil creatures. Dark things she's done. It's your crap. What did she do? That's... Apparently she's a prisoner or something or other. Doesn't that make the ship evil? <laughs> he says, using an evil thing, using an evil thing and putting it to a good purpose is the greatest, is the, 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 the greatest form of slavery there is. The greatest uh, uh, undertaking that anyone can do to turn good into evil. It's why I use your poop for propulsion. You mean evil into good? Oh. I meant evil into good. Yeah. It's why I use your poop for propulsion. Poop is evil. Where Grumbar comes from. Grumbar, we are traveling across the world. We're talking about the, like, You've been everywhere. You've heard of Skyclave. east of the Sea of Fallen Stars. Isn't your people, as you've told us so many times in the stories around campfires, doesn't your people have an unquenchable wanderlust? Wouldn't you prefer to go far and wide and fast rather than safe and local and known. He says, 
Drumbar does admit that a faster balloon does have some appeal. I could, Grumbar could see more places. I can use pronouns, by the way. I just like to say Grumbar. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I'm not simple. That's right. I don't not understand the usage. I just like hearing my own name. No one else ever said Neither here nor there, Grumbar. I imagine <laughs> flying yeah, through the sky. Sorry, a Grumbar. God sees the appeal of a faster balloon if you insist and you'll hire me for passage. As he of course. props himself up it. He says, I could uh, see about this new balloon as long as Balanos keeps my old balloon so that I can have it back. I mean, I think in the long term we're going to have to return this balloon. So. <laughs> yeah. That's what uh, they, that's what she always tells them, but it doesn't happen. <laughs> what what happens? That she, There's what, been other balloons. He says, "Oh yes, no, they don't come back. It's fine." Do, do, do you mean they, 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 they <laughs> survive? Because they pass from this mortal plane. She says, uh, "He says I still have my balloon." Well, so, then yours will be the first to come back! <laughs> he says, hey, you're right! <laughs> well, we the new Grumbars. Uh, what looks around me says, <laughs> Grumbars, all of us. As I, as I, we are all as I told Grumbar, looking at each one of the people in the room, we, we are not necessarily going to take this balloon. There are many ways to get the deep mascot. That oh, but air is the safest way to travel. Well, it's true. As long as you don't mind. And I mean, I look take... at the map room. It looks like if we're not taking that overland travel, and then perhaps a boat with other options. But if we don't, family take companions. Let's say we were three days past, and someone had said to y'all, "You can either walk to the Mascar or fight an elder elemental evil, and then fly a wee bit of the way." What would you have preferred to do? Oh, you know my answer. I know your answer, Berja. <laughs> he says, but I'm saying that, safest or not, we have options. And Did unless- you fight an elder elemental evil? Well, it yes. means nothing to us, Grumbar, if you're not the you captain of this ship. He says, Bonos has been talking about that design for years. Well, there we are. Are you with us or not? He says, Did you win? You're uh, not dead. Uh, there's no storm. We captured it in a teapot. He says, well, that changes everything. Why didn't you say it was that cool new one? <laughs> All right. Well, now we're getting somewhere. <laughs> in either case, whether we take the balloon or we go on foot, we have to leave tonight. He says, I helped Belenus design that ship. Uh, hmm. I feel the balloon is the only way for us to escape from Adric's grasp, at least for a time. I race it. awfully comfortable without Adric on my heels this past four or five days. It has been nice. Just to work on personal projects and not burdened by family affairs for once. <laughs> I, I thought we were able to shed the burden of this responsibility. That hammer, this, uh, this quest when we went to see Baron's father. I thought we'd be done with it. Another dwarves, better dwarves, more dwarves. We're handling all of this business. But it wasn't the case. Then, three or four days here in Silvery Moon, our own tasks, our own adventures. And I thought I was feeling for a moment there some freedom, but now it's all come back upon us, and off we are, running into the abyss. 
solve the problems of larger, larger, larger affairs than other people besides yourself. Ah! It frustrates me to no end, but it must be done. It must be done. You're right, Rustin. Also, midnight tonight, we launch out on whatever contraption Balanos has made. But in the meantime, he takes out the scroll of oil veins. Assuming Grumbar checks it off as sick. That's not what I said, but sure. Uh, <laughs> That's my opinion. We must know. This is our the our only connection to Deepa Mascar so far. We must know what it means. Do you want to come with me, cousin? So should I set out? Wait. Say again. He's going to. Where do I know what this means? He I has totally an forget from where I went. Scholar. Vault of Sages. Vault of Sages. Sages. Thank you. Uh, look, uh, Justin did not forget the Vault no, of Sages. Of um, and he calls for Anga, who he had summoned earlier. Now, Anga died in combat with an elder air elemental, so she's coming back not as just any owl, but as a really badass, creepy eagle owl with totally black eyes. Yeah, eagle owl. Eagle owls. Yeah. Creepy looking. Yeah. And he says, Anga, help keep an eye out to see if there's any. Bad dwarves following us. Bad dwarves. Uh, who would like to come with me? I'll go with you, Justine, but I was, I was wondering, um, player question, did uh, Baron share the story about what he found in the... Uh, was that today or was that earlier? Which is which thing? Uh, the thing he found about this. If that was today, probably haven't had a chance to yet because I just found it and then went over to see Mock. If it was earlier, about I would the About the what? Uh, no, yeah, it was yesterday. You've all heard about it then. Yeah, so that story you were talking about, the, the scholar who was writing about Deepa Massacre. Aye. Then about Snowbane. About Snowbane. I mean, he, he was able to read uh, stories from Deepa Massacre. So somehow maybe that might help us, give us a lead in what we can find too when we get there. Aye, that's true. Well, I don't know if this is just how they write in Deepa Massacre or if this is just like a, a code or a puzzle or secret script or something. Maybe someone writing uh, something they didn't want any people to read. Comprehend language did not unlock anything. Did they unlock anything <laughs> except for a little joke from she who wrote this. Mm. Just said, try harder. I think, I think it was not that easy, I think, was not the flavor. Maybe we should yeah. keep trying. I think it was not doing. so simple. Yeah. Not so simple. Anyways, who's coming with me? I'm gonna go for sure. How much uh, likelihood of, of battle in, in well, the state? If any dwarves come after us, there could definitely be one. Paragon, go with them. Okay. The rest of us need to stick together. No one goes out alone. Mark says, I've got to go back to Balanos's workshop to help her get everything ready according to our, the, the needs of our group and to make sure my, that my workshop is is primed to come with us on the on the journey. Uh, is Essen here with us right now? I would say no, he's let, he No, let he's him. a Balanosis. Balanosis. Someone okay. has to make sure that supplies are ready. This is going to be a long trip, and we want to be able to go as long as we can without having to touch down if we're pursued. Then. If only we need food and water, Scrim and I can take care of that. Is it divinely? Could you go with. Could you go with Mark? We also need to pick up Aurora. This is I. Wait, wait now. I did just say I would go with Dursen. Uh, he's going with Then, brother, could you go with Mock so we can never split up completely? But it's, oh, it's oil veins of rune. All right. <laughs> then we'll need to do this all in order and slow us down because Barajah doesn't want to go with Mock. Because right now, if we go out alone, he we're is, underestimating the volume of assassins. Where are you going with? Are you going Every with Every time I go. To, to Aurora, are we going?
going to get uh, Aurora while you do all the, the work that you have to do with I've the workshop? He's it. No, I've yeah, yeah. Done that. Ma- Mark, says, Mark says, let me have a job. Go with those. We'll go get Aurora and then to the workshop. See, all right. it's all fine. All right. And, and, and it's he, not he like there's a lot of says, things to get. Send Aurora a message. <laughs> she needs to be ready when we're there. Do we meet you back at the workshop? I go to Balanosis. Don't take, fill your packs, grab whatever tubers or roots or whatever you've got on the table here, and uh, we're not coming back here again. Glad I set up my reliquary early. And uh, say your goodbyes to, Dr- to Gary, Drustin. He nods. Hey, uh, if it has to be hey, ascending, so be it. Mo- Mox says over sort and tell Getty the places uh, our room is open for the next week and a half. <laughs> it's his to do whatever he likes, and not to tape the wait staff. <laughs> I'll, I'll appreciate it. And uh, he grabs his green cloak and sets off. Uh, Baron casts ascending to uh, Aurora. And it's a, uh, Aurora, this is Bairn. I'm talking to you magically. (laughs) (laughs) Obvious, that part's obvious. Yeah, uh, we leave tonight, uh, Apologies, short notice. If coming, pack to go, we'll collect you. 10 minutes, 20 minutes. Soon? Shortly. Very soon. (laughs) (laughs) No punctuation on the end of that. No space for a period. Oh, that's so cool! (laughs) You hear back and that's it. (laughs) I feel like she was ready already. (laughs) She was ready packed. Cast! Baron starts collecting his things. Grabbing his pack, getting his things, looking at whatever we got on the table, throwing in a couple of root tubers, you know, whatever. Get and make sure his water skin's full. Oh yeah, that ale. That ale jug. Yeah. It's one gallon of ale, Scrim. and it's all mocks. Scrim is grumpily throwing his stuff in his packs and, and, and rolling up his, like, pouches that he'd have out, like, and all that, and, uh, and says, How? Master Fohammer, in the name of the good Moradin, did you and your cousin get made in this city? Of thousands and thousands of faces. Well, unfortunately, Balanos is apparently working closely with the uh, correction department of Silvery Moon. Of course! <laughs> we've, we've been working with a criminal this entire time. Aye, so. What better way to stay anonymous in this city? Must ah. Mark says, ah, to be fair, probably an oversight on my part. Uh, city officials should have kept my head down, but that foppish shelf just started boiling my blood. I'll put that one on my tab, Strim. I owe you. Really grinds your gears. Bound, bound to happen, I guess. 
All right, so, Mock, lead your party. We go to Aurora's. Wait, wait, stay, who you're with? I am with Scrimcorn and Baron, and we're going to Aurora's house. And when we, yeah, we pick her up, and Mock has a brief aside with Barvik. Yeah, uh, so when you get there, Barvik, uh, Answers the door. They live at their shop. That's how most yeah, people live in this sort of world. Above or shop is downstairs. Living quarters upstairs. Yeah. Well, so uh, maybe it's downstairs. That's possible. When you come, uh, when you come up to all that glitters, the uh, uh, it's dark now, right? It's yeah. nighttime. Um, taking a bit to get your fares. Twilight. Yeah. yeah. And uh, yeah, you see the lights on inside. Well, after they would actually. Well, it's trade festivals on. No. Well, but this is after. It's clearly after hours. It's after hours. So it's after hours with the lights on, and when you come up to the door, like immediately opens. Like they're ready for you. Barbic is there. Aurora's there. Aurora's got a pack and like another pack in her hand, and uh, um, and a. Is it a tearful goodbye? Just like a uh, uh, kind of a stoic look on her face, a bit, and this much on your face. And Barvik looks right at Mock. He says, "Well met." Says to you, Barvik. He says, "We'll look, to, look after your girl." And uh, there's one more favor I have to ask of you. Produces a storm onyx. He says, "I owe you more than one." Praises the storm onyx and he gives it to him. He says, Barvik, I want to give you this gem. I don't know if you've seen the light before in your life, but circumstances recently have. He says, Is this. He, he immediately looks like he's a little bit tuned out immediately. Like he's like looking it over. He says, Is this real? He says, It's real, and I can tell you the details later of how we came by them, but I'd like to ask you something that generally is not on the table for negotiation. For dwarves, will often do business in, in extraordinary sums of money and very intricate contracts dealing, detailing many kind of subtle, nuanced terms. But very rarely, if ever, do they trade in the secrets and craft, uh, the secrets of their craft, and the techniques of their art. He says, "If my interrupt just for a moment, for purposes of future communication in the future, I request that you and I share an ale." Let's share that out. Let me finish my. While you have your discussion, he says, pour, "Pour the ale," and he says, "Barvik, he got sending. Need to be familiar with him." <laughs> he says, he "Looks at Aurora and says, two ales." And then he looks to Mock. He says, "Is his eyebrows?" I would give you this great treasure because time is of the essence. But more than that, I need your expert level of craftsmanship. For we, I know, I have never possessed, nor have I seen, the like of this gems, and I, I know not how to work them. Even less do I know who would be the buyer of an extraordinary piece featuring these storm gems. And if you would be willing to pour your labors into this, to the art of crafting storm, the, the, the storm gems, and share your knowledge with me, and learn, if you could, potential buyers in this area of this level of artistry, I would want to give you that gem as it's as recompense. Would you be willing? He looks to... Uh, his eyes dart and down... This is, this is clearly an ass. This yeah. is not like, yeah, his eyes, like his, he's trying to I, trick. His eyes dart down to uh, Mox's tattoo. His uh, clan craftsman tattoo. And he says, 
my own, I know you well enough to know what it is that you're asking. He nods his head. He says, you've been nothing but fair to me and to my family. As he looks to Aurora, who's now brought <laughs> two freshly poured Still dwarven alive. ales uh, for Baron and, and Barvik. As he it's a good side. Baron takes a sip and he's like, oh, finally. <laughs> he, he, holds up his, uh, he holds up his mug to uh, Baron. To being familiar. And he says, my name is Baron Baldurk. We met briefly in the uh, chambers of my hotel, but I think it's my first time to your house. Uh... Let, tell me of your family. And just for the space of drinking an ale, try to get to know this guy a little better. He, uh, uh... What does he learn? He holds it up, and he drinks. Where are you from? Where are you born? Well, hang on, he's in, he's in the middle of another conversation sure, at but the same time. Uh, yeah. Once that's done. Yeah, so he says, been good to me and my family, as he raises the, the glass, or the, the mug. And he says, this is something that I could do. He says, you offer more than fair payment. He says, I will share with you what I learned. He says, uh, well met, Barvik. And he cheers probably the most hallowed cheers amongst dwarven crafters. He says, to partners. He says, partners. And he cheers them, which is on that level of relationship, not only is coin shared, but also the artistry, the technique, the knowledge, all affairs of business are shared between partners. They make, they make that shares, and he drinks. He says, Baron Baldurk. Hi. And he uh, sits down, pulls up a chair, says, pardon this old man, his, uh, uh, his comforts. He says, I'm a cleric of Moradin. I uh, have been, it's my father's profession, it's mine after him. I uh, was born in Mirabar, moved to Mithril Hall when I was still green. And, uh, aye, so, gonna be traveling with your daughter, and apparently now your business partner, and uh, a convenient blessing of Morden is the ability to communicate our distances, but only with people I know. So, let us get to know each other a little bit so that your daughter might be able to reach out to you from time to time, and as well as mock as well. He smiles, and he says, Baron Baldurk, cleric of Morden. He says, I have to say, I've never shared, uh, I've never shared an, an ale and gotten to know with someone for such a pragmatic reason. He says, I think I like you. <laughs> he says, very well. Uh, my family... What hole were you from? He says, Dorn's Deep. Dorn's Deep? He says, you know it. I do. He says... What he brought says, you to I, Silvery Moon so long ago? He says, I spent many years... He says, fighting. Fighting for my keep. Lost my eye in the war. Hmm. Damnable. He says, Damnable. It was my wife's request that we move topside, go somewhere safer. Mm. He says, Said that, said that the never ending wars uh, 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 out there in the peaks near Icewind Dale. He says, says, We're no place to raise a family. Can't say I agree with her, but 
In love and life. He says, compromise is how we stay happy. Is your wife still with you? He says, she is indeed. Ah, lucky man. He says, she's out at the trade festival right now. Keeping an eye out for some, uh, uh, for some good... Deals? Deals. Good gems. My wife is a trader as well. Lost her a year ago since, but she's left me with three beautiful children who I'm Mark. proud of beyond I Aye. So do I. But uh, similar spirit. Uh, liked uh, the exchange of coin and the chase for the new and different and exciting. Would often take long trips to exciting far-off lands and uh, bring me back tales and tasty dishes if we had the chance. Well, it sounds like her and uh, uh, her and my wife would have gotten along quite well. Well, if Morden blesses me, then maybe we'll meet someday. Who knows? He raises an eyebrow at this and says, speak more. Oh, well, that's uh, that's maybe more for a secondary conversation. Scrim interrupts here, actually. Perfect. <laughs> oh, Scrim was there. I totally forgot. Scrim's here. Um, but he has not sat down. He has not had an ale. He is has been standing at the. No, he's been standing at the window. I'm saying there's a window with a curtain. No. He, bad, bad assist, robot. Um, no. Um, Acknowledged. Uh, he's standing at the window. There's a window there. Um, in in this kind of lounge area with a curtain. He's drawn the curtain. He looks like a man who is. Who has the? Who is a you know, caged animal, but also a guy on the run. It looks like a practiced. He has. He is. You guys have seen this this before. He looks like he's nervous, so he's basically just at the window, standing the whole time, um, just like peeking out. Like outside the window, inside the window, inside, out. inside, yeah. from the people who seeing, looking like in the room. He looks like paranoid. He would look very suspicious if he was right. outside doing this. Yeah, <laughs> he looks like he's looking out for. For people, um, and You're so for the Gestapo, exactly. And so, uh, and so, so he, he cuts him off there. He's talking a little bit. He starts. They start talking about the the wife, the wife meeting, um, and uh, and he says, "Dwarves, we gotta go." He says, "Master Barvik, Phil, we owe it to you. I don't believe you know which direction we're he- direction we're headed, and we'll keep it that way. But just for your sake." If word were to get around that your daughter ran off with us in particular, some unsavory types might come asking questions. I would keep that quiet if I were you. Hey, that's not what I'm informed. <laughs> you felt it. Your daughter's chosen profession is unfortunately not without some risks. He smiles and he says, It'd "Be a shame if something happened to her." But we'll see no harm comes to him as best we're able to give him a He smiles and says, He says, I am under no illusions about the danger of the adventuring lifestyle. He says, Every single, uh, every single person I have ever met that has chosen this lifestyle has been an insane person. And I put each and every one of you in that class. <laughs> Mark laughs as well. He's like, Marvick, you're, you're, not wrong. you're nobody's fool. You're a dwarf's dwarf. <laughs> Baron kind of looks inward for him and is like, yeah, this is 
A little odd. And he finishes his ale, and he stands up and shakes his hand. And Scrimden and says, Well said, Master Dwarf, but keep in mind, the danger I was speaking of was towards you. He says, I can handle myself. I lost my eye in the wall. Scrimden just nods, (laughs) and like, motions the door, like, Aurora, you don't pack to go? She, uh, she nods, she says, been packed since yesterday. Very good. Let's be on the way then. And she... As the head of the door, he gets, uh, what should we call it? What the fuck is the sword's goddamn name? Shatterspike. Shatterspike. Passes it to Aurora. Yeah. No eye contact. There you go. She takes it. She... Puts it, uh... <laughs> breaks the house. God. We don't stop walking. She's just trying to, like, put on a belt while walking. She puts <laughs> on her belt, and she looks back to, uh... She looks back to Barvik, and, uh... They give each other a dwarven salute. Yeah. And, uh... Get out of here. Why get emotional. And he says... Enjoy yourself. And, uh... And she leaves. He shuts the door. Immediately get that back and then she says, Are we in trouble? <laughs> Always. Well, you're not, but only by association. Scrimge says, Walk quickly. <laughs> <laughs> Walk quickly and keep your head down. Then we are you an argument about how we never did anything in the first place. It's actually uh, Balanos's fault, and we're all fucked by association. <laughs> and by the way, Scrim keeps up the normal 30 foot pace. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> which does require the doors to walk quickly. We do have to hustle. We have to hustle a little bit. I'm trying to shield my weapon, but I have to keep dashing instead. <laughs> no time for, for fucking active perception checks. That's the fucking consequence. Take it. We hopped to Balanos's. Back to Balanos. Any shenanigans in between the houses? No, uh, I mean, the the streets are crowded. It's a trade festival, even at night. It's a perfect time to blend in. It's it's, all sorts of types. It's easy to blend in, and people are from all over the place right here. A lot of guards on the street. amount of adventurers. Like, adventuring parties aren't rare at this point. Yeah, I mean, adventuring parties are still... Rare in general, fundamentally, but fundamentally. relatively. But relatively, you've definitely spotted, you know, on the way here and back, maybe one or two like yeah. groups. You bump like, into a group. Oh, there's look! A, it's something like Friday Night Fire Wizard Rose. Yeah, seriously, yeah, it's, 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 it's like Dark Souls. We do it in our game. Get the fuck out of here, man! Yeah. This is our shit. There's a half Maybe we there. see one that like have matching outfits, and we're like, yeah. too much. Yeah, seriously. It's that scene in Shaun of the Dead where they meet the archetypes of the other group. Build more like community values, man. Let's just wear the same shit. Alright. <laughs> Judgy. Judgy fucking dwarves. Have have to. Uh yes. Not enough casters. I mean, mock is all style. Let's be clear there. The guy the guy crafts gems. <laughs> he's he's judging everyone for aesthetic. And you guys are heading to Balanos? Straight to Balanos's? Yes. Yeah. Okay, let's go with Drewston, Oil Vein, Bear Job. Cheers. Uh, he leads them to the Vault of Sages and says, Oh, I had to really beg an apology from these guys. But uh, I'll try to play it cool and make it seem that uh, they wanted time to, to see this rune. And we were giving them that time to the rune. And I totally played it off. It's good, it's good. It's totally cool. Go Bear, to... Bear Jaws just skulking along behind you. 
ready for the first person yeah. to look at her wrong. She go punch him. And someone bumps into a bear jaw. <laughs> like on the street. Uh, is it close quarters or is this clearly no, they could have the avoided? This is in the streets. Like, like a shoulder, like a like a like back. A, yeah, like a shoulder into her. Oof. Oh, okay. She turns oh, around and says, oh. "Why you want to go?" And he looks <laughs> and he just like hurries off down the street. Fuck no! <sighs> it came on too strong. I'm just flying around, <laughs> <laughs> looking at for enemies. Trying to bait them. Uh, we head towards where I made the appointment. Yeah, the Vault of Sages. The Vault of Sages. The Vault of Sages. Sages. Uh, oh, where's my Vault of Sages music? I need my. Uh, Hang on. Your wizard hat? Welcome to the Vault of Sage. I got this, I got this. <laughs> All these just bucks. Jumping into a giant soup pot. <laughs> Jumping up the. In like, you know, that way. Like, an arch yeah, across the, the, the aisles of the bookshelf. Follow your lead. Okay, uh, yeah. Spots on the bookshelf. Okay. Are you doing another drink? We got more sake, we're out of beer. I'm surprised that you ran There is more Stella in the fridge. Baltus Agent! We've got seven supports. Baltus! Baltus! The fireworks factory! Okay, um... So, walking in... To the Vault of Sages. Again, I believe this is... Is this the place that's five stories up, five stories down? Yeah, I think so. Pretty sure it is. So, yeah, the massive Vault of Sages. You head up to the front desk. And, uh, says... So many vaults. Do you have an appointment? I do have an appointment. Rune Master Lambarios. Whatever the guy's name is. Give me one second. Lambarios it is! She's (laughs) tapping the desk. (laughs) She's thinking, and she taps the desk. Yeah, yeah. She doing? And, uh... What is she doing? She says, ah, yes. Uh, your fee is. What was the fee? Oh, no, no, this was a jillion dollars! Alright, well then your fee is 200 gold. Alright. 200 gold. It's taking that out of the group treasure fund. Alright. Uh. Oh god, we're running so low on treasure, because. Essen kept all that treasure we paid, right? No, uh, oh, gave it back. It was returned. Well, well, no, well, no. Hold on, hang you on. Monetize any of the gems. No, what you paid him, you paid him, and he did not give that back. Oh, that's true. Yeah, that, I, I'm mistaken. Yeah. That. Okay. It was never under the impression that he kept the deposit. Gotcha. All right, he's just giving two hundred gold pieces from our group fund. <laughs> yeah, we we may get on that ship and then do all the calculations and figure. Oh, yeah, we're broke. Yeah, no, we are down to 26 gold pieces, but not not of treasure, just of pure coin, liquid funds. Okay, uh, yeah, you get led up the, uh, up the stairs there, let me change the music, it's a little sense of the scene in here, uh, let's go. Imagine a lot of candles and shelves of books, actually not so, candles, magical lights, so candles burn down libraries. Candles burn down libraries, this is a fact. So just some drum and bass. Mm-hmm. Ooh, mandolin, nice. Like you get led up some flights of stairs. Four flights of stairs as the uh, the person at the front desk leads you up. She's got a uh, uh, she's got a set of uh, 
a set of keys, a different key for each door, for the different floors leading down the hallway, goes through. She leads uh, each of you in until finally you get to an area where it's a hallway with a bunch of doors leading into what might be offices or, or, or scholarly uh, quarters. And uh, she knocks gently. Says, Ooh, come in, is it my appointment? And she opens the door into a lavish, mm-hmm. lavishly appointed, lavishly. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, is it fancy or plush or comfy or cozy? It's or? comfy. It's comfy. We're talking. We're talking velvet, uh, uh, like velvet, uh, sort of couch type thing. You know, upholstered uh, uh, yeah. chairs cushions and uh, like cushions everywhere. Things there are there are bookshelves, of course, in this place with lots of books and a, a so nice a big desk. There's a big hookah in the middle. Wait, really? uh, yes. Yeah. Wow. And uh, the man is a giant. Kind of and there's a man uh, uh, sitting who stands up, and he is wearing uh, he's wearing a red um, a red robe with gold lining around uh, you know like gold stitching uh, trim all around it, a, a, a exquisite uh, silk sash around his belt, tied in like a perfect uh, uh, a perfect sort of a knot. Yeah, there's a knot that's like. Specifically, it's, it's the like ornate, yeah, yeah, it's an ornate an knot to show a show. Goddamn artistic knot! And, uh, is he an elf? So bad with no, it is. Uh, it appears to be. It looks like a human, and he is old. He's uh, uh, wrinkles, uh, wrinkles across his face. Uh, white hair, white long hair drapes past his shoulders, and a and a full yeah. beard that just blends in with the hair as it falls down, heading down. And he's got a long uh, pipe in his mouth, which he. Puffs on. I am the Green Wizard. I made an appointment with you to talk over the room that I have. He says, Yes, yes, I know. And then you made another appointment with me. I, or I was after more knowledge and uh, things that the powers that be in Silver Moon, uh, 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 not that the powers uh, in Silver Moon. Failed to unlock until my companions and I deftly solved it. Yeah, we went after uh, an old elemental. Captured it. Put the teapot. He says, You know what's funny? You're not particularly green. Nick? Hmm. Are you wearing anything that's green? Yeah, he's got his green cloak on. There you go. <laughs> Traveling cloak. From a guy who, though, is like clearly dressed to a T. Mm-hmm. I thought you would be a dryad or something. Anyway, and he points to his own red cloak and he says, "I don't call myself the red." He says, "That's not what we're here to discuss, old man." Fashion is important to this man. <laughs> he takes a couple more puffs and he says, "I am old, aren't I?" He says, "Come, come," and he starts preparing the hookah. Yeah, uh, he takes up some herbs as well. He's got his various things. And he um, looks to each of you, he looks to Bear John, he says, Any preferences? What's a hookah? I like to fight as much as possible. Uh, many, many, or just one, it depends. Power is more important than number. Oh, he says, I've got the herb for that. 
as he uh, pulls out uh, he pulls out a tray. You have to be chemically castrated. <laughs> I don't know what's about to He pulls happen. out a tray and opens it up, and it's just got like uh, leaves sedation. of all different kinds <laughs> in it. And he like carefully picks through, and then like starts preparing it into I, like. I, I love the area. idea of a huge array of tiny drawers. He yeah. crushes it up. <laughs> he crushes it up, puts it in the little thing. I don't really know how to prepare a hookah, but he, you know he does the all the little the little, little puck. Yeah, prepares the prepares the little bit and and takes a uh, not a lighter, but a, a magically he I mean, goes. He's a wizard like this, and it goes on fire. Yeah, he uh, he gives a little flare from his fingers and uh, and then a little fire bursts up underneath it and he snaps again as yeah. the fire goes Jason's up. Jason's gonna use control flames to turn the light to green. Fancy. Uh, and he says, "You're not the only one with little tricks up your sleeves." Let's, uh, you, uh, as you, uh, fiddle about with your nerves and such, cast your eyes upon this, and he takes out the scroll and puts it on the table. He looks up at the lights and he says, I've forgotten what it's like to be young. trying to keep the conversation going here. He sits down and he says, there's no rush. And uh, he takes out the hookah and starts taking a couple bucks and hands it over to Jesus. He's like a deep. Jesus. 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 <laughs> maybe one of his cousins. Maybe not one of these guys. Maybe Fall Dick. <laughs> yeah, I think Sounds Fall Dick or Cubist. Or Cubist. He is a terrible influence on all youth. The man leaned into every substance known to dwarves. <laughs> That's a pubis move right there. <laughs> and uh, the ladies love this one. Granny's <laughs> <laughs> <Dragon> Fury. the puka thing on. He says, uh, tell me. Have you seen a, 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 a riddleish room like this before? He says, mm, of course. <laughs> perfect. Fuck right? you! No, perfect, good. <laughs> I haven't. And he, uh, he passes the hookah to Bearjaw. Bearjaw picks it up and tries to emulate Dristan because she's the closest. <laughs> he just watches Bearjaw. She just <laughs> like... I mean, I mean, I'll just do a quick, quick constitution there. Uh, oh. Nope. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. Oh, so how does she react? She, she coughs real bad. <laughs> and then just, like, plays it off like, mm, that is normal for me. Uh, <laughs> he left him That's how I says, do it. That's my how style. I do it. It's my just style. style. He says, I have always had a fondness for your people. Uh, Jason uh, says, uh, elder, time may not be <laughs> time may not be something valuable to you, but for us, for reasons I do not want to get into, it is. I have something though that I could pay you with, uh, in return for honest, quick talk. And he takes out uh, the. Gardening records from the Sunless Citadel that show how to raise various twig lights and shit. Twig lights and magical <laughs> herbs. <laughs> Maybe a little shambling mound. Yeah, sprout. yeah. He says, uh, in there. if the herbs and, and uh, magical plants are what you are into, this has detailed instructions and records. Would this buy some honest, quick talk, the kind of talk that you had when you were young? 
He takes a couple more puffs from his pipe, don't then switching to the hookah. Me, don't this bullshit. guy's a human. Goddamn humans. I know, right? Drew has no patience for humans. I know, right? He's old. But like, he chews on his lip for yeah. several seconds yeah, as he stares right into Drew's The, like, that, the fact that Drew is in a hurry and the human's like, wait, easy. Yeah, yeah. That's crazy. <laughs> it's all about perception, what? man. It's all about perception. What say you? He says, I'll take a look at your book. He says, but I'd like to know, why are you in a hurry? So that is not for sale. And uh, uh, he raises his eyebrows and he says, now I really want to know why you're in a hurry. We'll see what you tell me about this room. Perhaps we can yeah. negotiate. That's what I'm talking about! Mark's <laughs> <laughs> so proud! He's learning, Jason's learning. Uh, you take a couple more puffs and he says, not as gullible as you look. Mr. Green. Thank you. Mr. Green. He says, Emphasis on the green. <laughs> Man, he says, all right, let's have a rough. look at this scroll. As he sits down Mixed even more out. comfortable, he like lounges down and holds out his wait, hand. Wait, 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 does he like oh, magic like, the scroll to no, his no, hand? No, no, he holds out his hand to expect it to be for it to be handed, handed to him. him. He'll magic it over nice. his right. He lets out a little old man chuckle. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, he says, youth is wasted on the young. <laughs> and uh, I'm older than you, asshole. I'm only 65. All actually. these adages that this guy is saying are human adages, oh, by yeah. the way. Yeah. Everyone else yeah. is like, Ugh. that's stupid. That's yeah. a stupid thing no to say. No one says that in the dwarf. <laughs> no one says that in the dwarf. Uh, <laughs> this is human on human knowledge. He says, This is Deepa Mascari script. I could have told you that. He says, Why yes, you did tell me that when you got I? this appointment. Just trying to see what you remember. On? How do you read it? Oh, yeah, poor, poor oil has been oh, ignored. <laughs> the epitome of patience. How do you read it? Snoot. He takes a couple more puffs and he says, tell me about that arm. So. Oh, wait. Oh. Don't tell answer that. Lawyer? Nothing until he tells us about the room. Yeah, 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 but uh, I tell you something first. It's a deeper mascara script. It requires a um, a complicated ritual to read and experience its story. On? He says, and I could teach it to you. He says, for the Amaskari people, it's natural. It's like looking at letters or, uh, he says, or arcane runes for you and I, or whatever it is that your people read. And, uh, <laughs> Did you just say they? And uh, he says, he says, but for those of us that don't have a mascari blood running through our veins that have not been locked behind the great seal for millennia, he says, he says, for us, it is an effort. It is a great effort to, uh, to read us, and very few exist in this world that know how. He says, this is a great thing you ask from me. So I ask again. Tell me about that arm. Do I tell him about it? Uh, <laughs> he says, let's make our, <laughs> uh, our contract clear. Uh, my friend here tells you something about himself, and you teach me the ritual. He says, mm, 
He tells me about that arm. You tell me why you're in a hurry. And he looks to Bear John and says, And not crush you with hands. He says, I think I understand everything about her. Uh, and at the end of that, you teach me a ritual. He says, I'll teach you how to read it. We can try to do it here together, but... Mm. He says, sometimes it takes time. He says, time is what we don't have. He says, yes, so you've said several times. Just make our contract clear. I hate you! <laughs> I... If... Hate humans so much. Uh, you choose to teach me this ritual. My friend and I leave, and I leave my other friend behind. It is right, that is implicit threat. He smiles. Bear Jaw explicitly talking about an implicit threat has got to be terrifying in nature. <laughs> he says, he, he smiles and he says, he says, oh friend, he says, I can tell it's a row that you want, but trust me, you would not want to pick it with me. He says, I would not fight fair. Okay. Bear Jaw would hate that. Oh, I would <laughs> hate that so much. Okay, he says, well, we, I'll leave it up to you. You <laughs> didn't have to tell him anything, but if you wish to, you may. I think if, you know, I mean, if there's something that you could keep, I'm going to tell you, and only you right now. And it's just, out of the certain interests, I'd like you to keep it that way. He's like vaguely <laughs> dancing around, please don't tell anyone. <laughs> <laughs> to the man who records information. <laughs> He says, you have a funny way of speaking. So, Wait, did you want to shake on the deal? No. A wizard shake, it's just like... A mental shake. Touch yeah. mage hands. Allow us to shake on the deal. And he puts his hand forward, and a mage hand <laughs> comes. <laughs> <Yeah. in front laughs> he has a little coin, and another mage hand goes out. <laughs> a little bit left, right? Jared like, is always rolling his eyes at Thursday nights. Dwarven shit, you know, like human Man. shit, mage shit. It's just like, oh, yeah. all oh, these oh, yeah. communities oh, 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 having their things. Oh, 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 and I'm <laughs> always the outlander. All right. Okay. He chuckles and he says, I can still have a bit of fun now and then. All right. <laughs> at least one of us. Oh, you? Oh, so... Uh, uh, yeah, I'm looking at you, that means I expect you to talk. Alright, alright, alright. Um, uh, so we're doing that in my asshole father. I had a girlfriend that had a bunch of elder evil stored in her house. Back in the day, this was before he met my mum. And then he uh, he uh, used the... He had the blood... He was about to have sex with him. He used the blood that he rubbed it on his cock. And they tried to wash it off, but it didn't work out. And then they broke up. And then later on, he met my mum. And then uh, he had sex with her, and I was born, and oh I was God. born with this blood curse, and then they almost killed me, right? But then this ex-girlfriend comes back, and then she tries to take the blood on my body by putting this thing in points at his uh, plate on her shoulder, and she tried, but it didn't work right away, and then my, my dad left me, and my mum left me, and later on, I almost died again when I was a teenager, but then, um, you know, this thing came out, it popped out, because, uh, I guess, because I died. And then uh, I blacked out, and then uh, some other shit happened, and I ended up here with my friends. And uh, I've learned how to control this arm right now. So it's made of, of technically, the blood of an elder evil, but it's also my blood now. And also I've got a dog that I threw up. <laughs> made out of the same thing, but it actually came from my dad's ex-girlfriend. So I mean, I'll, I'll start answering your questions. 
Juices is more than juicing. Can we get you to make a clip of that one? I want a clip of that in the future. Right. He's like, all right, then. Can we go back to the part where your dad put something on his cock? Well, let's not go back to that. Can we reel back the tape for a moment? Just That is without a doubt the twelfth most interesting story I've heard in my life. You that close to the top ten. It's that close. No, it's right well. I'm an old man. Uh, you that, are. <laughs> Real fucking old. I'm like seventy. <laughs> <laughs> Justin's like. Is that fulfill the bargain? Is that anything you wanted to know? He says, "Could you?" Uh, uh, this is all. Purses his lips and takes a couple more puffs, and well, he says, "Well played, Until after the, you teach me the ritual." He says, uh, "Okay, yes, bargain, well paid." And he shakes his head uh, and says, "Can't, uh, can't unhear <coughs> that shit." Takes another deep drag from the from the hookah. He goes, shakes his head. He says, just gotta, I'm gonna clear that out of my head for a moment. I'll process it later. He says, that's the trick, by the way, when you start learning these things. You'll realize when you get older that you have to learn how to push it out of your mind because sometimes the things that you learn, it'll drive you nuts. some weird shit. He says, I've seen many people like you, youngins, up and coming, uh, would be greats, but uh, they let it get their burn head. Burn their minds they, out. They burn their minds out. Yes. That's why I keep myself to a level 16 intelligence. You know what? It's a slow burn. You can't <laughs> comprehend the incomprehensible mysteries. Exactly. Then you're fine. Bear goggles is very well. It's just like, it doesn't look like anything to me. Like, <laughs> he says, Pass through me. He like, says, The key yeah. is not to read the script. And he puts it. In the middle, and he starts. Uh, he takes out a little bits of uh, magical bits, but it's nothing unusual. Like Drusen uh, recognizes it. Like, oh, that's like salt, and uh, uh, he lights some incense, even though there was already incense lit in here. And he like a couple of the things are just like wrote, like little magical bits. And he says, none of this is necessary. I just think it builds the ambiance as he sprinkles a little salt around. And he says, wizard to wizard, just trying to you know, you got to build the the narrative. You know, mm-hmm. you want get your commissions up. People like to know what they're paying for. They like the they like the flash and the the pan. You need to have a little bit of pizzazz. Yeah, there we go. God damn it. He says, "The key is I'm willing to bet that you tried to uh, you tried to cast a common spell, something that allows you to read languages, right?" I basic didn't work, did it? Ne. He says. That's because the script is not to be read. <gasps> Connections. He says, the script, it is meant to be heard. It is oh, meant to be experienced. The Goliath way. What? The deep up there. The deep oh, up there. Well, I thought it was 
because of the traditions, the Goliaths. I thought that's how it connected. Through. What he learned was all about Deep Mascara. Oh, I thought so they learned very specifically from the Goliaths. The, the, nope, the Deep Mascara. The, the Goliaths anyway. had nothing to do with any of that, other than the fact that Snowbane was in one of the stories. Also, the Goliath, and also the same author was tradition. talking about that Goliath true. oral traditions. That is true. Yes. It was that the yes, the scholar was interested in oral traditions, which is why he. Found it interesting to write about. Venn diagram. In that writing, he actually mused in a in a like a sidebar a bit about does this qualify as oral tradition? And he comes to a lack of. He does not come to a conclusion about if it's oral tradition or not because it's recorded, but it's a distinctly, but it's a distinctly sort of told experience, and he he didn't know how to classify it, so he kept it in his book. Is YouTube an oral tradition? The the Goliath way because he just heard a bunch of stories from Goliath that transported him to other places. You mainly experience it because you tell it to us? Is that what it is? How do we unlock this experience? He says, requires a deep state of trance for those that are not born with the ability to read it. He says, he says, We'll have to enter this trance and concentrate on the writings. Everyone will need to be participating. No. Put butters down. No. He says, no. can you clear your mind, Goliath? It is mostly clear most of the time. He says, what are you thinking about right now? Is it fighting? It's in you, yes. <laughs> yeah, yeah, okay, you need to get that out of your head? You need to stop talking first. Mm. It would help if you let her get, like, one swing in. Yes, just one small swing. That will clear your head? Possibly. It'll clear someone's head. He says, okay, so take a swing. <laughs> okay. Uh, Berta takes a swing with her brawling. Is she really going to punch an old man? Of course I'm going to punch an old man. I just did that the first time. Does that plus one negate the first time? All right, that's a swing. 19. Uh, describe how she, what, like, what does this motion look like? What does she try to do? Um, weapon, no it's, it's really, it's just a punch. <laughs> Her hand is like this close and it's just up. <laughs> like that. Like, a, yeah. So, a jab. Bearjaw goes like for like a, a quick jab it, in and put in like three inches from where it would hit. She just slams into like pure force. And she feels, she can see a hand twice the size of Bear Jaws just formed out of pure That's force. very big. It's reminiscent of like Drewston's mage hand, which she's seen several times. But whereas the mage hand is is like a little bit translucent and, and it's a little spectral, this thing is as solid as ever. It's, it is like a, it is a big meaty hand that just catches her fist and uh, uh, he smiles at her and he says, get it out of your system. No, I said I had to hit you. He says, he says, my, uh, he says, my arcane power is an extension of my own body, an expression of myself. You did hit me. Did I do damage? He says, you do that enough times in a day and eventually you'll draw blood. How many times? <laughs> he says that, uh, with that strength of hit, maybe 70 times. Okay, we have time. <laughs> we have time, right, Drusen? Drusen does not negotiate on behalf of Bear Jaw. Correct. Drusen he says, like, one hit, that was a deal, clear your mind. You can do it harder. I could do it harder, right? <laughs> you have to do it 70 times. After, after, after the ritual of Bear Jaw. You do a shot, you roll yes, no dice. If the answer is no, you have to take another shot. <laughs> Until you roll a yes. <laughs> after the ritual... He's not going to agree. 
She needs to clear her But mind. also, how busy is her mind, really? Yeah. yeah. It's really just singularly focused on hitting this. Ever since he face. said, I Ever wouldn't fight fairly, said, her mind has mind been in a rush. Can I interject and in say, the, possibly the coughing, wheezing herb of this arch wizard guy may have some sort of chemical impact. Right. Well, Drusen turns specific leaf based on the You're not drugged by this man. Fine. Drusen turns towards Bearjaw and says, Passivity dwarf friend. steps in. Dwarf friend. Oh, you mean me? I, and you can oh, see in his eyes, like, Puppy. he's, he's really he's like trying to, dwarvish? Give a dwarvish look here. Hold. Hold him so you can punch him? Hold, hold yourself, bear job. For now. <laughs> Literally. And he looks and he says, yes. Not, not like, like in a commanding way, you. but in like a... Imploring. Imploring. <laughs> Imploring. Good word. Friend of the... Yeah. Friend of the dwarves. Oh. Friend of the dwarves. Be my friend. Bear job yeah, actively sulks in the corner. It's it's good. It's, it's about as good as you can. It's an active sulk. It's a passive one. It's an active sulk, though. Very very set. He says now. Radiance. Clear your Radiance. minds. Resentment. Clear your minds, and prepare not to read. He says, but you must look. You need to hear, but you must also smell. And he says, and taste the air. He says, this script. It can be heard, it can be tasted, it can be smelled, it can be felt, it can be breathed. He says, it occupies every sense. He says, and you must clear your mind and allow the script into you. And, uh, Drusen can tell immediately as he starts pouring his yeah, energy he's that kind like of out state when he's going through his notes. Into, uh, uh, into his hands and he says, and now, he says, it is very similar to the spells you understand, he says, but far, far, far more delicate, requiring a much, much, much more deft hand than you're probably used to. Oh, God. This asshole. <laughs> now can I punch him? Why waste a chance to talk down to a young wizard? <laughs> and he says, no, 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 don't feel feelings of envy. He says, he says your time will come, your time will come. Just keeping his oh mind clear. Yeah, yeah, because he he's gonna outlive this guy. <laughs> you're dead in like a yeah. decade. Yeah. You You'll be worm considered an adolescent. <laughs> yeah. Unless he turns into a bitch. Mm, he says point. now. Maybe it's already. He says, <laughs> take it in. You can feel it coming. And Drusen is like, he's the 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 wizard is. He's giving instruction to Drewston, and mm-hmm. this is this is familiar to Drewston. Yeah. Not that Drewston sat with a lot of wizards to like learn their craft. Um, no. Not only is he sort of casting this ritual, but he's pouring this intent into the room, and he's pouring it into the room not in such a way just to cast the ritual, but to teach it to Drewston. Mm-hmm. It's like it's like uh, it's like solving a mathematical mm-hmm. equation, but showing your work. Like he's he's casting mm-hmm. it in such a way as where he could just. He knows the answer. Mm-hmm. He could just put the answer out, but instead, he's through the energy being Common shared, showing, showing how it gets there. Yes, it's very, uh, it's very arcane. Oh, like a pedagogical arcane common core. Arcane common core, and Drewston's sort of understanding the like the building. It's and, and it takes a lot longer yeah. to cast because because the layers of 
this magic are being like layered on one at a time. And so Drusen can feel and understand that formula and start taking it in. And Drusen has not received a lot of formal arcane training. Ooh. Maybe occasional wandering wizard. Hey, yeah, they, wizard. Yeah. Um, so most of his stuff is like, man, I found this crazy relic and, oh, it's got this power that I can channel. Uh, so this is kind of new to him, this taking in this information. But he does have a lot of experience with just eating shit and, like, taking shit from others. So that part doesn't bother him. I see. So it's none of that faces None of that faces him. He's like, I've heard worse. So he's outcasted. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, he did not like, like who has dressed and gotten respect from period exactly. in the last thirty years. Yeah, uh, it's been a rough road, man. Yeah, it's like he's been hurt worse than you could even imagine. So we this, about, this is not. Yeah. Oh, we got some music going on here. Right. Oh, no, it's fine. You can discuss. It. What what happens? Does he hear a voice and experience? Close your eyes. You catch a glimpse. You see. All of a sudden, the, the, the room around you, the, the posh accommodations, uh, uh, they melt away from each of you. This shared experience overcomes you. As uh, uh, yeah, Oil Rangers and, and Bear Jaw, the, the room fades away, and you find yourself... It's, it's not seeing. You're not watching a movie, and nor are you hearing a story. You are experiencing... You are understanding the truth of what is being expressed in this. And you understand the feeling of a great kingdom. A great kingdom deep underground uh, 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 and a people that are, uh, are proud and prosperous. And then, uh, and then there's a wrenching feeling, deeply unpleasant, uh, uh, as suddenly... Wait, sorry, I didn't get my thing open. Um, uh, a wrenching feeling as you can feel a presence walking through the streets of this great kingdom are shadows and over their face is a stretched out the stretched out skin of the faces of men and women and children and they walk from uh, they walk from street to street and alley to alley these shadows wearing the faces of of people and uh, uh, and one of them reaches uh, uh, reaches into a house uh, with its shadowy hand and then just pulls as the entire house crumbles down and you see others reach and then suddenly a tearing sensation again as you see a horde of wizards holding uh, wands and staffs and yelling and then a wrench again as you see uh, uh, as you see a black substance of black blood, not unlike that which you've had a lot of familiarity with recently, um, uh, uh, pouring onto a group of wizards as they are screaming and reaching up, and then wrenched out of it, you are back in the room. Uh, uh, back in the room as there is smoke pouring up from multiple surfaces, and the wizard is like falling back uh, uh, on his back on his side, and each of you are like thrown back a, well, I don't know, describe like, how gotcha. your, describe your position. That Get him! Like. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, Jason just like splayed out on like half on the table and stuff and he like 
picks himself up. No, is the room like actively on fire? Or is this just like full effect smoke from this? No, it is. Uh, it's, it's not actually on fire, but it's yeah. um. Feels yeah. like it was. Uh, he picks himself down. Just Drusen experienced this, or did they? No, everyone. All three of you did. All four of you. I feel like Drusen took the brunt of the focus. Yeah. Uh, Drusen turns towards these guys first. Says, oh, "Are you okay?" Berga, uh, yeah, looks fine. Uh, she was like already sitting down, sulking in the corner, so like being <laughs> flung around didn't really do much. <laughs> but, she, but she's definitely like struggling her, to her feet. She doesn't want to say much more now Mm-mm. in front of this. The wizard, like. Props himself up and says, <gasps> as he's struggling to breathe, oh. he takes the hookah and takes a deep drag in. He goes, Was that oh, a little too much for you? Uh, he stands up and he says, Wizard, you have given me what you promised. He says, That is not the story in that, in that scroll. What do you mean by that? He says, It was unstable. He says, there's more to be gotten from that. He says, far more. He says, those were just glimpses. It came through fragmented, rushed. He says, he says, I've never seen anything like it. He says, would you leave it with me, the scroll? He rolls up the scroll. How about a fuck you? And he says, older, you may have earned these comforts and these locked doors, and your prices for knowledge. But I have a different path. My path is to dig with my own hands, my own shovel too, and find all those scraps hidden out there. And you know where my path will lead? Will be to the destruction of these walls and doors. This knowledge does not belong to you. Does not belong to me either. Belongs to anyone who's curious. If you want this knowledge, you all have to follow me to get it. And we should destroy this place, yes? In time, Virgil. <laughs> and he turns and walks out no, the door. Let us try again! Let us read the re- listen to the rest of it! He totally ignores him. There's Knock a, down a pillar as I did. No. <laughs> there's like a delay. And Load a delay bearing for, wall. For, uh, for oil vein before he gets up. Because he was like that whole exchange. Yeah. He was kind of just staring at his arm the whole time. Parashel, like, makes eye contact and, like, steals him with <laughs> Yeah, he, he, uh, very late sees everyone leaving, so he kind of, like, snaps out of it and rushes to catch up to a better job and, uh, The wizard just takes, like, half a step out of his room. Like, he almost looks uncomfortable these. stepping out of this place. And he says, don't bring it back to me! Omega just turns her head all the way around and Drusen's shoulder and just gives, gives him the black eyed look of like <laughs> and uh Drusen says but does <laughs> neighbor go back in your room old man and die go smoke some never work in this town again <laughs> he says you'll never get another appointment at the vault of sages again he says you're banned you're banned all heard it before and he walks out of the. You can't read sages. most of this anyway. <laughs> yeah. All right. Drustin, Oilvein, and Bearjaw depart from the Vault of Sage. It's an interesting combo, gotta say. <laughs> it is an interesting group yeah. to be there for that. Uh, Drustin says, Oilvein, what we saw, what, what are your thoughts on it? That's not. It, it was like mine. It was corpse of it, and that vision, whatever that was. I. Yeah. Seemed to have an ill purpose. 
it felt weird. I don't know. It's just, uh, I don't feel good. <laughs> don't feel good about any of it right now. And then his, his mind goes to Snoot as his this is happy place. Fair job. One day we will return to tear down those walls. This blood is evil, but it can be used to make yes, this good. I am adorable dogs. <laughs> it's I, not all evil. I am this irritated by that wizard man. I wonder how many times he can block with that hand. You can you do that? No. Please don't hit me. <laughs> I need to practice now. Uh, all right, we make our way back all right. to Valenos. So, Ma, oh, Eric is in the shitter. Oh, Eric is done with the shitter. He's done with the shitter. Back from the shitter. Mock, Bairn, Scrimcorn, Aurora. And? Bastion. Bairn? Grumbar. 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 Right. Yeah, and Grumbar. Because I assume he, if he didn't come with us, he went ahead. Yeah, no, no, he went with you. Walked into a Grumbar. Grumbar. All right, you guys go into Balanos' place. I want to hear Grumbar, Grumbar, Balanos conversation a little bit. I don't. I want to his own workshop and begins making preparations to install whatever the fuck him and Essen have been working on for the past like couple of days. Into like the air the airship, so he doesn't lose all that time. All right, and and remi- uh, uh, so he's, he's he's gathering the stuff. Yeah, exactly. I mean, like this is information. This is more about like literally equipment. Like there, like no, it's not diagrams. There's actually been some prototypes kind of enacted, and so right. he's trying to like. He, he doesn't even know how much space he has, right? Like, there's been, what? I mean, there, what there, there, like, so like, I think there's probably like a room for a scene of like, what the fuck does this thing look yeah, like right yeah. now? Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, it, it, yeah, it's not there yet. Yeah. <laughs> and so, fine. Box is like, I'm, I, I put like days into this. Nice. I need to get it ready to move. And so he's like packing shit up. He's like, Scrim, come help yeah. me. I Scrim's impatient. He, he, before you even no. ask, he's over there like closing up. Like yeah. drawers and things what, like that. What sort of things? Nice what what projects have you been under? Like, like he, making tools. He is trying to recreate the Forge of Dragetted. Yeah, that is prior. That that is the, the mm. first order of business. There's designs for a lot of things. There's theories, and then like Essen has this whole kind of like whatever, like his all, all his like scripts, kind of talking about what the fuck he's trying to do. But in terms of like what hammers have swung, what rivets have actually been secured, there is like a weird makeshift kind of like. Anvils are anvils are anvils, and there's, you, you can clearly see that this doesn't look quite like that. It is more, it's it's more square. It has like kind of like, it's it's like a, a much, it's a square flat top, and it has kind of angled insides. It looks like an hourglass with kind of like more rather than it being like a rounded and more cylindrical. It's more like edged. Yeah, in it, as it kind of like dives in and out. Is and this an anvil or is this a model for an anvil? It's an, I mean, it's an anvil. It's an anvil right now, but it is something that is kind of like prototyping some of the theories that they have in, in work right now. Hmm. And Mach doesn't want to lose it. He just put his time into it and he wants to take it with him. So he's like... Scream is rushed yeah, and, and basically starts roll, up. rolling up tools not in your preferred organized... Me- he's just like... But halfway things. through that, like as you start yeah. doing it, he stops you for one second. He says, Scrim, wait, before I forget. Because, fuck, who knows? I might die tomorrow morning. And he pulls out two jewels. And he hands them to you. 
And one of them is a potato bug. With, like that is petrified in amber mm-hmm. with a kind of like with kind of like wilting kind of bog grass kind of circumference done in jeweler's silver wire and it is made up in the fashion of a cloak pin for per se a rat cat cloak <laughs> oh my goodness on the back it says brothers also it says fuck Ted and he says <laughs> Scrim, I know you and Oil are brothers, but have been spending some time trying to get to know each other and don't benefit from the strong clan support that Drusen and Bairn and I have. I see that you are trying to get to know your family for the first time here, and oh, hell, you've you helped us on our path, so I, I figured I could, the least I could do was to offer you a small support in yours. And he says, I made these for you and your brother, and I figured you'd be the one to give it to Oil Bane. And he hands you a second talisman, which is a done in uh, a jet, which is a, a very dark black stone, the face of a female drow, perhaps Oil Bane's mother, with silver jeweler's wire and long streaming hair around it, and a finely crafted uh, silver chain, making it into an amulet. And on the back it says "Brothers," and also says "Fuck Ted." He's wearing an amulet on his mini. And he says, "That's for oil vein when the right moment is for presented to him." But I thought it might bring you a little closer together. What being your new family and all. But I, back to the task at hand. Let's pack this up and you've done it all wrong over there. You've done it in completely wrong order. You over here, I'll sort that out myself. Scrim looks like he's taking this moment in and is touched by it and then hearing him bark or says, we are in a hurry, we don't have time to do that. We're just gonna put them all in one bucket and we gotta go. God damn it, Scrim, there's an order of things here. We gotta do things in the proper order or we're wasting time entirely. And he pockets the gifts and, and immediately starts shoving things. Why are they loading it into? Is there actually like a... No, there's nothing to load into at the moment. You've, you've walked into the workshop and there's nothing boxes. different. Yeah, Baron is exactly. looking at Balanos. Packing boxes. Yeah, you see Balanos and Grumbar in a spirited conversation. Baron walks over. Uh... And Grumbar that, and that thinks that you misled Grumbar's friends on purpose to get them to pressure me into taking a new balloon. <laughs> and uh, uh, Balna says, oh, darling, you have me all figured out. Yes, of course I did. And Grumbar <laughs> says, Grumbar doesn't like that. Yes, but you'll like the balloon. Grumbar will. And uh, he says, come, come, come. And uh, she's got the. Uh, uh, what has she got? She's got the. Uh, oh yeah, the, the the wicker ball thing and the strings and the concentric circles are all not in the workshop. What? All where have they gone? So where is the ship then? Um. So. Or balloon. When you guys are there and you're thing. packing up, and by the time Baron asks this, the others yeah. probably arrive. Right. Well, Where's the balloon? You yeah. have to go to Aurora first. Yeah. Exactly. I yeah. Think yeah. It's, yeah. It's, yeah. It's, yeah. yeah. All right. So they arrive, and he says, "Oh, the balloon's out back." He says, "Ready to go." Right. There's a, there's so out back. Ah. Balloons. I'm a cleric of Morton. 
I'd like to be able to perhaps ask you a question from time to time as we're tra- traveling. Moradin has granted me with such a blessing. Ah, because I need to get to know you just a sweet bit better. She says, oh, no, 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 darling. I never get to know my clients. She says, bad for business, you know. He knows. Right. (laughs) Sense. And she walks out her back door. (laughs) (laughs) Bloody hell. Mox says to Baron, to help him, to help him, to help him navigate this hard psychological aspect. Says, "No time, Baron. Help us with some of the heavy lifting here. This Amble's a beast, and Scrim won't change himself into a great gorilla to help me." You guys walked in. Why are you turning to animals? They're all there. Hear him, hear him. You won't help me with this great animal strength. Yeah, everyone's there. Straight square hourglass. You mean, mean this thing? There's no way we'd ever get out back to where the air balloons. I will follow through with your transparent attempt to make me do things. Alright, we just need to move it out back. Okay, out we go. Appreciate the help. I she do this easily and animals. without difficulty. Big, yeah, big time. <laughs> yeah. Alright. If she's <laughs> not carrying her regular pack, probably. Yeah, right yeah, before yeah. he goes without out pack, the door, Jason pauses for a moment, yep. past sending to Gary. Only sent one word. Goodbye. <laughs> and then goes out the door. What does Gary say back? He gets a 25 word reply. No, he's waiting for the other 24 Seriously, words. Seriously, you're leaving after all that? No, I says, <laughs> We had such an amazing I would hope he's in a gold note, living in the high The fuck out. Hey, he can have our room. He says, Yeah? Stay safe. Oh. <laughs> Alright. Oh, Gary, I swear. <laughs> it goes and, down. Uh, I wish I wait, could stay safe. There it is. Stay safe. That's his voice. Um, stay safe. Okay. You walk out the back door. It's my safe front. What's what from? Stay safe. That's from something. Anyway, sorry, continue. Made it up. I'm sure. What does that balloon look like? Um. It's ocean training day. Um. Ship day. The two sets of concentric circles, still on the ground, in the back, uh, back behind Balanos's tree in a clearing, clearly meant for experimental airship launching here. It's just like a burned, charred, there are like, there are a the lot here. of like scorch marks and like permanent, like, like, <laughs> Uh, living things don't grow in this whole splotch here. <laughs> like, it's, it's, like uh, there's some giant air balloons just caught in the tree with just skeletons. <laughs> so the she two big concentric circles. <laughs> this is a murder. The two big collapsed balloons. Now you know what they are. Two big collapsed balloons with the threads moving towards a middle area where there is a large structure that you see. It looks like a giant carriage. It looks like a, uh, you know, like a carriage that a horse would pull, right? So there's a big enclosed structure about, um, from where you stand right now, it goes up about uh, maybe 15 to 18 feet high. Uh, uh, the story high. is 10 feet, so it's like two stories. Yeah. Yeah. So right. it's like two stories. It's got, um, <laughs> yeah. uh, it's got 
uh, glass or some sort of transparent material all around it. You can see into it a little bit, but the lower area does not. There's a ladder that uh, climbs up to about halfway up, you know, about like uh, maybe eight feet, uh, more like seven feet up. Uh, the ladder goes up to where there is uh, some sort of balcony that comes off of this layer where there is a glass, and it looks like the main chambers of whatever of this carriage. And uh, uh, and she says, "There it is." Mock is a low whistle because it's done with some style. I mean, this is. It's like a lot of curved lines right, on mean, this uh, on this carriage. Yeah, just again, like, I know, like there's there's a lot of like kind of natural architecture and silvery moon, and I mean, there's just there's just there's a lot of artistic flair here, quality aside, and and he couldn't really put, nor have we been privy to where this quality might come from. Like Balanos is not one who seemed to have lingered by any means on on, you know, comfort or any sort of kind of like propriety is just so it, it, it's nonsensical that the thing is as polished as it is, you would say. And the style is something that is a little bit maybe reminiscent of Silvery Moon style with maybe some kind of like dryad design flair. But it's not like master craftsmanship, but it's also just like really just well done. It's like serviceable with a flair to it. Grumberg, do you know how to use it? Grumbar has no idea. Those balloons are deflated. Balanos, show us. Uh, uh, come, come, come. And she, uh, climbs up the ladder. She doesn't even climb up the ladder. She just leaps up yeah. and sort of like, uh, uh, she almost... She puts her, like, a single finger, and you've seen her do this, like, she, like, puts a single finger in contact with the wood, and then just, like, floats up it, and, uh, steps up, and she says, come, come, come. Yep. Easy. Follow her. Yeah, so, uh, you climb up the ladders, and there is, uh, uh, there's a little door, like a hinged door. So when you climb up the ladder, you're on a balcony. You're on a balcony that spans around the entire round-ish Shape. It's not, like, it's not like spherical, but yeah, it's right. uh, you know it's probably like a Ellipsoid. octagon. Ellipsoid. Well, no, it's you know it's got uh, it's got some yeah. edges, but yeah, yeah, it's yeah. Uh, you know it's a yeah. big big design around. And uh, uh, so it's got this balcony. The balcony's you know it's got it's a decent space, maybe three feet uh, uh, of depth to the balcony, mm-hmm. uh, where there's a little uh, wood railing um, around the outside. Kind of like a catwalk a little bit. It's like a catwalk. It's like a catwalk around the, the the outside of this edge, and then there's this uh, uh, hinged door that you can walk inside, and it leads into a chamber about the size of, like, this room. Um, wow. So, you know, call it, uh, what is that? 20 by 15, 20? maybe 20 feet sure. in okay. diameter, essentially. Not exactly a circle, but it's uh, maybe, maybe, maybe 20 feet, call it. And, uh... Cool. Enough room for six people as we are in this room to be And much more room than Grumbar's where we were sleeping on top of each other. Oh, wait. Yeah, pretty much literally. Gr- yeah. Grumbar's balloon was like, literally like you could reach this table. two edges. It was basically this table. This table was the size. We'd all be standing inside God, this damn. thing. Poor, poor bear jaw. Wow. Grumbar's balloon was exactly like a real hot air balloon if you've ever gone on a hot air balloon ride. Yeah. I don't know if I noticed that. Nope. But seen pictures. Yeah, like it's a basket. Seen strange A basket. woven basket. A woven well, large basket. We can't. We can't sleep. Oh, we would land and then. So we yeah, but sometimes you know you'd rest while you're in there because there's not much to do other than stand. Paradox just lays down and everyone just kind of. Yeah, layers and there's some days we went zero miles. 
That's true. Bad day. So, uh, yeah, it's a big chamber. There's not much adornment inside here, um, uh, other than uh, there is a... There is a... Oh, I didn't think about what the... Furnishings or the steering mechanism? Is it that knob? No, because so the wicker ball, the, the 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 tendrils go in through a bunch of holes poked in the bottom half of this. So you're standing, okay. you're up like seven feet up off the ground here, mm-hmm. and there is a uh, uh, there is a trap door uh, in the side. And she says, "Come on down, come on down, let's come here." And she opens up a little trap door, and there's another ladder that goes down to the lower area. She just oh. jumps down there, and uh, down here where it is dark. Uh, other than the glow coming from the uh, from the wicker ball so like itself an and the teapot inside it. it is an ominous, it is a swirling, you know what it is, it's lit up in here by a roiling storm with just ah, constant cool. arcing lightning inside that wicker ball. The storm has come out of the teapot, like the like teapot is in there. Strobe light. You can yeah. see the teapot barely in there, but but it's it's as if the tempest has been released yeah. into this larger area and it's roiling around. And she says, uh, uh, "Don't break that." And she says, "This is the key to it all." She says, "If you uh, she says the tempest is in here and it goes out to the balloons, turn this knob, more strength." She says, "Turn it back this way, and you fall to the ground." And die. So when you're talking about the controls, is this controlled similarly to Drumbar's old ship, where he's using his meteorology and like you're asking asking character? Dude, yeah, sure, sure, sure. You're you're just talking about. So you said you had spine with that was so. Mock does. He says, uh, all right, well, this will make the balloon big and small, and, you know, clearly the accommodations are more, uh, you know, robust than our, than your previous ship, Grumbar, but still it leaves a question of navigation. Uh, we were fairly subject to the winds on our last trip. I says, do recall, <laughs> I do recall... The final sprint being outpaced on foot then in the air, if I do recall. To be fair. Bar. Grumbar knows the answer, but Grumbar knows that Balanos likes to explain things. And uh, Balanos says, thank you, Grumbar. And says, uh, and says, with this, uh, she says, with this new experimental design, she says, you will not be subject to the wind. The winds will be subject to you, for you carry with you a tempest. And uh, she climbs on up the ladder and she says, Come, come, come! Okay, back to the ladder. Up we go. The ladder. Baron is not loving climbing all these ladders. That's <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, robotics check. I didn't think about what the like control panel actually looks like. Probably like wooden levers or something. Yeah, like, I, I, I totally forgot about that thing. Branches. I think they're branches. What did Grumbar use to steer his original ship? So he had a metal, he had a, he didn't steer it. He didn't steer it. No, he had a big contraption that, that, that you would turn like and it would, it would turn the chimney oh, into okay. the balloon and out of the balloon and that's how you control the height. Yeah. And uh, and then the direction is controlled by the winds. Yeah. Like right. real hot air balloons, you just go up and down to change. Yeah, I like branches. But so like branch levers. We do have we do have branches. We also have ships, like steering ships with a rudder. Yeah. You know, that's the other thing that like not nautical stuff is ubiquitous. Yes. And nothing has to define it. But it is not nautical. A nautical ship. Because the thunder strike was not this ship. Not this is isn't that. The branches are tense. One side of the ball, so it kind of So it is levers. It is branches that like just come straight out. They're like these nice 
thick, strong branches that like go down into the the, the, the engine room, so to speak, uh, below, yeah. where you had seen like branches coming down, and there was uh, uh, th- there was a lot of like connections between that and the wicker ball and all sorts of things. And she says, I mean, says, these levers, whatever controls they are, this is not like a gear shift where this is moving a mechanical thing. This is like an arcane button at its yeah, heart. Yeah, <laughs> yes, it is much more like, like it's you like can't go look at it to do push this button. And she says, he says, this one here controls the strength of the wind. It lets some of the essence of the tempest out. It lets some of its storm out of the balloons, and it will propel you forward. He says, he says, you can use that to go wherever you want in the realms. No more of this riding the currents on your poop gas. Uh, it's pretty recent that we learned about the poop. So yes. I like the idea that, like, when we this thing does not move, like, you know, five degrees north or something like that. If it's controlled the winds, there are awesome names for winds. Like, there's like the Sirocco, which is like a hot, dry wind, and there's the other winds I can't pronounce. The Chinook, and so like that's the direction. These it's are like these it's are like real winds. Real names of winds. It's like sweet. different kinds of winds, not like not that's really like, sweet. I Thirty like degrees left. Like releasing winds. Releasing. So and then you hear. Mbalinos. He might have to die. And you hear the all the way through to the outside. Who's who's that? If we can render him. Tristan. She says, oh, there's no time. She's there, no time. So this lever here, it turns to steering. And she says, and this one here, this is the very dangerous one. She says, only activate this when you are at a, a, a point of significant focus uh, uh, between the uh, arcane dimensions. If you use it outside of that, it could be disastrous. But if you use it with it, you could travel a great distance Boss through other dimensions. Alright, I'm going to go. She says, I'll delay him. I'm going to take off right now. And she takes out the swamp elf token. Because this guy's an elf. He's not here oh, right now. Not you guys are in the balloon. The guy was knocking on the door at the front door. She's running back give it to Balanos and say, like, tell the guy to forget us? Fuck yeah. Okay. Yeah. Tristan runs out the door and says, Balanos! And he throws the uh, the shambling mound heart, which was turned into the token, to Balanos. And he says, if you give that to that elven bureaucrat who's troubling you, and tell him... Uh, in favor of all elves everywhere, uh, to look the other to way. look the other way and forget we were ever in your lab. Fuck right off. I'll continue next to you. Right. Yeah. yeah. Good. Glad we finally got to use that with Harley and Silver and Moon. Uh, I'm glad that got, that box got. I was ready perfect. to use it right away. Perfect. You're like, yeah. hey, here's this favor of infinite elf gratitude. Where can I find a good hotel? Yeah, I, 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 I have a no, point of the end. What's your favorite color? Around. So this is the moment why we don't spend it to find a good hotel, right? This, is, this is much better. To save right? it at this point would well, be hoarding God. it. Unnecessary. But Who knows if there's even any elves east of here? No. Maybe there are but no elves this left. Is, this is perfect. This is perfect. <laughs> it bookended it and it got us out and hopefully buys us a little bit of cover time to make our way. Dan, have a great time on your trip. Thank you. Travis, safe. I have to build. I get a feeling that. Wait, did you leave tonight for Utah? No, tomorrow. First thing tomorrow morning. But I'm hoping to. Not for Utah. I'm going to pick.